Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean, what's going on, baby? I'm still here. Haven't been fired yet. You haven't been fired. Yet. Uh, yet. Yet. I mean, a lot of firings going on in the NFL this week. Um, just uh, a slew. Am I on the chopping block? Maybe. You might be on the Maybe. chopping block. You wow. might be. You might be. Um, it seems like everybody's on the chopping block these days, um, even if they're doing well. Um, so, we, we've got... Uh, I heard Nick Saban's on the chopping block. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, just uh, crazy things going on with with coaching carousel stuff. We're going to get into that a little bit today, um, and and we've got uh, just a few mild things. Um, our heart goes out to uh, uh, the McNair family. Bob McNair passed away uh, from the Houston Texans, the owner there, and uh, our heart goes out to the Houston Texans and the McNair family. Um, just a sad time, and uh, it seems like the Texans are really uh, really rallying around. Uh, the the passing of eight straight wins, seven straight wins. Yeah, they're on fire right now. And uh, he he wasn't hint, doing. Hint, I had them as my. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you did. You had him as your Super Bowl contender. Um, and and I'm over here just shaking my head, going, "This son of a." Hey, it's edge. still possible now. Hunt's gone. Patriots are not um, incredibly like they used to be. Teams are starting to fall Houston, apart. Houston Texans. Oh Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. The Patriots aren't what they used to be, but the Patriots are still playing decent ball. Absolutely, they're, they're playing decent ball, and and uh, Tom Brady is is starting to look like the Tom Brady of old. Um, in other news, we we did have uh, another uh, Hall of Fame coach, Mike Ditka. Has a heart attack. He's hospitalized. He's doing already stable condition. He's doing just fine, um, and uh, he's going to be released in the next couple of days here, as far as I know. But um, yeah, Mike Ditka, um, huge name. You know the 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 Bears like to run around and you know sing his praises as the well, king. Uh, king hey, of have the you world. have you heard him on any sort of a news station the last few years? Though he, he he's starting to lose his mind a little uh, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But, but I mean, Mike Ditka's great. We saw that coming. We, I mean, if you didn't see that coming, but we love Mike Ditka, and we hope that that he has a speedy recovery from a, what was a, deemed a mild heart attack. Yeah. But I don't see. I, I hear heart attack, and I always hear oh, mild heart attack. How mild is a heart attack? How mild can a heart attack yeah, it's be? Yeah, it's a freaking heart attack. But I'm, I'm going to tell a little story. I, I just uh, my, my heart's out to the Didka family and Mike Didka. But I remember uh, I was watching, I believe it was ESPN. This was probably about four years ago. And they were talking about the AFC Championship. Right? Yep. It was uh, Patriots and Steelers, I believe. And uh, everyone was going. Dion was there. They were talking about their prediction for the scores. And uh, I was like, hey, Mike, what do you think? And Mike goes, well, I think the Dallas Cowboys are gonna are gonna are gonna beat the Giants. And he's just <laughs> one of this five minute tangent, and Dean goes, "What are you talking about? We're talking about the the um, Patriots and the Steelers." He goes, oh, "I'm talking about the Giants and the Char- Giants and, and Dallas." <laughs> he's Mike Ditka. I I love Mike Ditka. At the same time, I'm just like like he's kind of like that old man in a grocery store that like is so senile and he starts stealing things. <laughs> And then, and then, like everybody looks at him, like, "What are you doing?" And he's just like, "Where am I?" And everybody goes, "Aw," like, and they just let him go. <laughs> he's just, and that's that's Mike Ditka right now. Um, but we do uh, hope Mike Ditka has a speedy recovery. Uh, love the guy, even though I am a Vikings fan, uh, still still a Ditka fan uh, after all these years. Um, but uh, Tyler, we uh, 
we got to get down to business here. We've got uh, two weeks we, worth of we scores. we got a bad trend going. we got to fix this. Yeah, we, we do have to fix Can it. this be the last time we have to do this? This is the last time we have to do this of two weeks worth of scores. Uh, just, you know, we, we had we had a little uh, producer shuffle, and that's fine. I'll be taking over the producer duties Change from now on. places. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna, I'm going to wind up taking care of that. Um, and, and, uh, you know, Jordan, thank you for everything that you did for us. We appreciate it. And, you know, Jordan's got a, a busy life. He's got stuff outside of here. His books are, uh, are a big deal. His children books he's putting out there. Check them out. Be My Tea and uh, The Mud Princess. Check both those out. Great books. Um, but, uh, and thank you so much for everything you do. We, just, we wish Jordan the best in his future endeavors. Hope he has a, a wonderful time out there doing what he's got to do. Man, I was getting, I was getting scared. I'm like, man, am I going to have to do this? Please, Scott, offer to do it. Offer to do it, and he has to make. Oh, thank God! <laughs> At least you're doing this. Yeah. So, so uh, thank you, Jordan, for everything. I you can't do. get my football games done, let alone produce a show. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've I've got it. I've got it under control. Um. So I'll be taking over the producer duties. We're gonna get all caught up for everybody, and and uh, these shows will. You know, we, we were uh, we're gonna get these shows out a lot faster. Than, than what we've been seeing. Well, so, we'll see. oh, we're going to get them out, and and uh, we'll I'm I'm going to take care of some business here. So, uh, with that, let's jump right in, right here to our scores. In uh, from week twelve, I'll just kick off with uh, the Bears and the Lions. Bears defeat the Lions twenty-three to sixteen on a Thursday night football game on Thanksgiving. Um, the Redskins topped or get beat by the Dallas Cowboys thirty-one to twenty-three on Thanksgiving, uh, and the Saints. Top the Atlanta Falcons 31 to 17 on Thanksgiving. The three, the trifecta games there. Um, on that Sunday, the 25th, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New York Giants 25 to 22. The Jacksonville Jaguars get knocked out by the Buffalo Bills 24 to 21. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Carolina Panthers 30 to 27. Tyler, your Baltimore Ravens beat the Oakland Raiders 34 to 17. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the 49ers 27-9. The Cleveland Browns edge out the uh, Cincinnati Bengals 35-20. Edge out. Edge out. They won. Uh, hey, the ailing Bengals. Um, the New England Patriots showing back, show, coming back to form here 27-13 against the Jets. Uh, the Chargers blow out the Cardinals 45-10. Uh, the Broncos beat the Steelers 24-17. The Colts, there's an edge out for you. 27-24 over the Dolphins. Good job. Um, The Minnesota Vikings beat the, and they they outlast the Green Bay Packers 24-17. And the Houston Texans beat the Tennessee Titans 34-17. Now, Tyler, it is time to get into week 13 of our scores um, and uh, I'm gonna let you kick it off. You're gonna do the left column today. Oh, you're doing it yeah, again. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it again. There you go. Hey, you know I got I had the fun first, so you get to enjoy the the left column that, today. That's fair. We'll start with the Thursday night football, and uh, so uh, I know the last couple of weeks, um, when it comes to mine and Scott's head-to-head scores, um, you, half of them we haven't heard just because we haven't been on the air. But uh, we have kept in tabs with each other to make sure that we're keeping the scores true enough to date. Oh yeah. And both of us. Confidently, laughed out loud, said that the Saints were going to beat the Cowboys. We were dying, but uh, that's not what happened. No, um, I, I I remember it was, I, I can't remember the exact words, but I said, uh, I have to ask, even I know your answer. Who do you want tonight, Saints or Cowboys? And I get a Saints, duh, capitals, lol. <laughs> but the Cowboys, yeah, come out, just beat them. 
The Cowboys win. They're, well, not really beat them. Just, it was a defensive game. Well, it was a defensive game, but they, they, there was just nothing. There was nothing. I've never seen Drew Brees so stagnant. Yeah, look, look at these stats when I get to them. But the Dallas Cowboys win 13-10. Cowboys move to 7-5. A big win to start to solidify their new role in the division division leader now that um, uh, they're going to be division leader by default, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, because uh, if Alex Smith is still healthy, Washington Redskins would still be in control of this position. Don't you know the Giants want to win out? Oh, I mean, they got to win out, but they need some help. <laughs> um, they went 13-10. Dallas is now 7-5. Saints are 10-2. Still in a great position to get a first round bye. And, and still potentially um, um, home field advantage. You never know where the season goes. Mm, yep, you never know. Drew Brees, 18 for 28, 127 yards, one touchdown. Oh, what do we say? Pick. What do we say about that? It's a very human game. That's more than human. <laughs> That's a less than human. There. That, was a, that was not a Drew Brees game. Alvin Kamara, 11 carries, 36 yards. Ouch. Human game there. Mark Ingram, seven carries, 27 yards. Is Ouch. I'm, I'm reading these stats like, who is this team right now? Um, five receptions for uh, Michael Thomas at 40 yards. Alvin Kamara, eight receptions and 36 yards. And Keith Kirkwood, one reception, 30 yards, and a touchdown. It's the biggest shining moment for this offense there. On the Cowboys side, Dak Prescott goes 24 for 28. 248 yards and a touchdown. Good game there. That looked like rookie Dak Prescott out there. Yeah, the did. accuracy there. Who, sa who says he can't be accurate? Every 16th game. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, 23 carries, 76 yards. Dak Prescott ran the ball five times for 22 yards. Michael Gallup, five receptions, 76 yards. And Amari Cooper, eight receptions, 75 yards, coming off a very big week 12. And Ezekiel Elliott had six receptions on 60 yards and a touchdown. What do you got there? The uh, New York Giants topped the Chicago Bears in overtime 30-27. to uh, Chase Daniel got the start for the Bears on the day. Uh, 26 for 39, 285, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, Tariq Cohen did throw a pass in that game for a touchdown, a one-yard touchdown. Um, Rushing-wise, Jordan Howard, 16 carries for 76 yards. Tariq Cohen did have eight carries for 30 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Cohen leads the team with a massive 12 receptions for 156 yards. Uh, Allen Robinson gets 5 for 79. Kind of shows his worth for the uh, one of the few times this year. On the Giants' side, Eli Manning, 19 for 35, 170 yards. He did throw a touchdown and one interception. Odell Beckham throws a 49-yard touchdown pass in this game. Uh, Saquon Barkley at 24 carries for 125 yards, showing he's the workhorse there. Russell Shepard, two receptions for 59 and a touchdown. Red Ellison, the former Viking, four receptions, 42 yards. And uh, Odell did get three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown as the New York Giants edge out the Chicago Bears. Um, Tyler, what you got for me, homie? All right, what I have is... Well, I was, uh, you got the Cardinals and the Packers. Yeah, there you go. Come on. So, see, now, now, this new setup, I, um, I think it makes more sense to me just be able to do this. Be looking at the screen. Right, the microphone, it yeah. works out. You got the screen ahead of you. The, uh, the Cardinals beat the the Packers 20-17. to The Cardinals moved to 3-9, and and Packers, to me, is their their crusher. Their season is over, in my opinion. They dropped to 4, 7, and 1. As a Vikings fan, let me just say, good. <laughs> good. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean... There's some talk they could just win out and go 8, 7, and 1. I just don't think it's going to do it. Good. Let those stinky cheeseheads go <laughs> home. Good. 
Josh Rosen goes 11 for 26, 149 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So, I mean, not fantastic there. Um, David Johnson goes 20 carries, 69 yards with a 3.5 average. So, again, not fantastic. The Cardinals didn't play great ball offensively. Their, their, their defense really won this game for them, in my opinion. That and the two touchdown runs from Chase yeah, Edmonds. Yeah, I was, was going to get there. And five, Chase Edmonds, five carries, 53 yards, two touchdowns there from Chase Edmonds. That's a hell of an average for five carries. Hell yeah, 10.6 average. Wow. Uh, Josh Rosen also ran the ball twice for 32 yards. On the receiving end, Christian Kirk, you've heard his name quite a bit this season. The the rook comes alive. He he he's been doing a lot for them. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on him. He did hit IR, but he he's uh, been a monster for them this year. He's been a great. Oh selection. yeah, they, I, I look forward to. His, hopefully, the IR visit doesn't um, detriment his future. But he did have three receptions, fifty four yards today. The uh, ageless Larry Fitzgerald had three receptions, forty eight yards, and uh, Trent Shepard. Sherfield. 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 There it is. Sherfield. Trent Sherfield had one reception and 21 yards. And then uh, Chase Edmonds again had two receptions and 13 yards. On the Packers side, Aaron Rodgers goes 31 for 50. Goes about 50 times. That's not like Aaron Rodgers. Well, it's not, but they don't have a running back. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Jones. He's okay. I mean, yeah. He's trying. He's but, trying uh, but Aaron Rodgers has been known as that guy who had. Like, is he going to put the guardy number that Breeze is going to put up? No. But he's been one of those guys who has like the, on, uh, historically has the has had the best uh, completion percentage and the best touchdown interception ratio. It's definitely a down year for him, Rob, this year. For sure, and he goes 31 for 50, 233 yards and a touchdown, no picks as per usual because he doesn't throw many. If, I mean, if no. he does, it's like it's like there's a fucking unicorn going up. <laughs> um, at the at the rushing attack, Aaron Jones, 11 carries, 33, 36 yards and a touchdown. Oh, we've heard this name quite a bit. But normally in the receiving game, mm-hmm. um, Marquise um, Valdez-Scanton goes two carries, 29 yards. Aaron Rodgers also ran the ball three times for 20 yards. Through the air, Devontae Adams, eight receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Good another, game good, there. another good game for him. He's, he's been consistent. He's, um, right, he's already the cusp of the top five in yards this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Graham, uh, eight receptions, 50 yards. He's starting to come alive a little bit. And Randall Cobb, three receptions, 35 yards. Yeah, the returning Randall and Cobb. Scantlin also had uh, two receptions on 19 yards. What do you got? Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars top the Indianapolis Colts 6 to nothing. I love a defensive game. In what best can be described as a uh, snoozer, I, I, I'll call it that, um, don't know what's going on. You're not getting the stats up. Hold My on. stats aren't okay. coming up. <laughs> but six and nothing. Like I, I mean, just got blank. A defensive game can can be boring in some aspect, but in the same note, I mean, a defensive game is really kind of awesome. It, it, it can be great. It can be bad all at the same time. Um, but uh, Andrew Luck, 33 for 52, 248. He did have a pick on the day. Um, and uh, Marlon Mack, eight carries, 27 yards. Andrew Luck also had two carries for 16 yards on the day. Uh, Eric Ebron, 10 receptions, 81 yards. Now, that he's he's just a dilemma, Eric Ebron is, isn't he? In, in what way? I well, I mean, you know, he everybody was, was all PO'd that he wasn't doing anything with, with uh, you know, Detroit and saying he had drops and things like that. But he wasn't that bad to me. I, I mean, Eric Ebron comes out, 10 receptions, 81 yards, starting to have a career year, gets great passes from Andrew Luck. I like Eric Ebron. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to keep this quick. Um, 
certain quarterbacks are not tight end type quarterbacks. Um, Matt Stafford's kind of a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Um, he's to me, Matt Stafford's not a um, tight end type quarterback. Um, you look, look at Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was on pace to being like the greatest tight end of all time. Now he's garbage. But look, where he, he went to Seattle, who doesn't utilize tight ends, yep. and now Green Bay, who doesn't utilize tight ends. Yep. Certain quarterbacks love it. Or, okay, certain systems love it, certain systems hate it. Yeah. And to me, uh, Colts are a system that has always used a tight end. They love guys like Jack DeLoe. And, and uh, Detroit was a system that kind of used tight end. Well, and the other nice thing about for Ebron right now is Ebron's going to get those those uh, passes and get those looks because Jack Doyle is is hurt. So, I mean, it, it works out oh, well. That only, and he's already had a great year. This is only because they lose it. You're right. Um, T.Y. Hilton, eight receptions, 77 yards. And Naheem Hines had nine receptions for 50 yards. Um, and over on the Jacksonville side, Cody Kessler, 18 for 24, 150 yards. Uh, Carlos Hyde. 13 carries for 36 yards. Cody Kessler did run five times for 28 yards. TJ Yeldon, seven receptions for 49 yards. Dante Moncrief, three receptions for 40 yards. And Dee Westbrook, three receptions for 25. As uh, the snooze fest in Jacksonville uh, goes on 6-0, the Jags top the Colts. And, and actually, what was kind of a surprise. Uh, Tyler, what you got for me? I got the uh, Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans. The Texans, who are now nine and three, as they win twenty nine to thirteen. Jeez, oh peace. They're on a tear. It's almost like they could maybe take a run, right, uh, Scott? No, you stop it. <laughs> you stop it right now. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna crap on. I, too I wouldn't much. be upset about it, but I, I don't think it's gonna happen. But I wouldn't be upset about it. Um, I'm not going to crap in Cleveland too much, and they, they played a good game. I'm looking at Baker Mayfield here. He went 29 for 43, 397 yards at a touchdown, but what really lost the game was three picks. That comes down to the the, um, the very good um, Texan defense. He's a rookie, too. Let's face that. Yes, absolutely. He's a rookie. Those mistakes are going to disappear. Kudos for Baker to Baker Mayfield putting up 397. I mean, so his interceptions came through the game. Like he, so he came back out and kept his head held high and got the job done. Well, try to get the job done, I should say. Yeah. On, on the rushing attack, um, um, Nick Chubb looks human, and as he goes nine carries, thirty-one yards, obviously because they got behind early, and but he did get the touchdown on the ground. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry, six receptions, one hundred three yards. So he has, he has a good game. I mean, he's having these spotty games. I mean. We, we both know Landry is a, is a great receiver. He's great, and he's going to develop it's, more and more. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I wouldn't say he's going to develop, but he's going to get better as Baker develops. Yeah, um, that, that'll be the I mean, we both know Landry's a great receiver. I mean, he, he got the job done um, tenfold in, in Miami. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna make Baker Mayfield better. I, I just hope that Landry is patient. Yes, he's going to have to be. And, and he's proven not to be, but I hope he stays patient because if he, if he does – he has a chance to, to really be something special in this league. Um, Andrew Callaway had a good game. Three receptions, 84 yards. And then uh, Richard Higgins. We've heard his name a few times this year. Um, four receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Nick Chubb also had three receptions, 41 yards through the air. And uh, Antonio Callaway, just just so we're, we're talking here, Antonio Callaway has emerged as a deep threat for them. Absolutely. Which is weird. And, and he's just a, a relative nobody. Nobody talks about the guy, but... Big deep threat for them. So kudos to him for getting eight yardage on three receptions. On the Texans side, Deshaun Watson, 22 for 31, 224 yards, and a touchdown. 
On the ground, Lamar Miller has himself a good game. 19 carries, 103 yards with a 5.4 average. That looks like the Lamar Miller of old, doesn't it? Absolutely. Alfred Blue also had 13 carries on, uh, on top of what Lamar had with, for 54 yards with a pretty, pretty good average of 4.2. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Watson himself ran the ball 730 yards. So the, the rushing attack was there and in full effect, so kudos to the Texans there. The receiving game, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 7 receptions, 91 yards. DeAndre Carter, 6 receptions, 32 yards. And Jordan Thomas, 3 receptions, 32 yards, and a touchdown. Demarius Thomas, their uh, more recent acquisition as he's learning the game, had 3 receptions on 32 yards. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers top the Carolina Panthers, 24-17. Cam Newton, 28 for 41, 300 yards, 2 touchdowns, a whopping 4 picks. Uh, Tyler Heineke gets in the game, goes 0 for 1 in the, in the situation. Kish, Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries for 106 yards. Monster game for him, uh, uh, yeah, even on just a, a small amount of carries. Uh, Newton did run for six, uh, six times for 33 yards. Receiving-wise, Curtis Samuel, six receptions for 88 yards, leads the team. Christian McCaffrey also had 9 for 55 and a touchdown. Ian Thomas, 5 for 46. And uh, DJ Moore goes 4 for 44. And Devin Funches gets... 10 yards on his lone target of the day. Greg Olson also had one catch for 13 yards as he exited the game with an injury. Just to get the end zone that one That one one catch, but that's about all you get for Doug Funches. Um, On the Buccaneers side, Jameis Winston, uh, 20 for 30, 249, two touchdowns on the day. Jameis also ran five times for 48 yards. Peyton Barber, 16 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin. Five receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Adam Humphreys, there's a guy we haven't heard in a minute. Seven receptions for 61 and a touchdown. Mike Evans had four for 48. And Cameron Bray, that's a that's a surprising one, three for 36. Uh, Bray doesn't get a whole lot of touches, so that well, was something he, special. He does now, now that the other tight ends are not Yeah, O.J. Yeah, Howard. Um, as the Buccaneers top the Carolina Panthers 24-17, um, moving into uh, the start of the playoff picture forming. Oh, and we're, we're sagging here. I know. Go ahead. We have the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins go up 21-17. Nice close game. These are the fun games. But Even Dolphins, though it's kind of a toilet bowl. They're not really. The Dolphins are one game back, tied with like three teams for the AFC 6 seed. They, they could get in. In the wild card. I don't think they will, but they're keeping themselves in contention there. They win 21-17 as they go up to 6-6, six and six, and the Bills drop to 4-8. and eight. Josh Allen goes 18 for 33, 231 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. But he did have nine carries and 135 yards. How do you give up that much yardage to a quarterback? I mean, not even the Vikings who played horribly against Josh Allen gave up that much yardage. That, that, that was a big game there by Josh Allen. It's insane. Sean McCoy has 15 carries and 52 yards. And uh, through, the, through the air, Zay Jones... Four receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Isaiah McKenzie, four receptions, 46 yards. Patrick DiMarco, one reception and 38 yards. Robert Foster, one reception and 27 yards. So the Bills got kind of got the job done there a little bit. They tried their best there. On, on the Dolphins side, Ryan Tannehill in his second game back was 16-24. 137 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. On so little yards, he hit the end zone three times. I know. That's insane. Um, Kenlin Drake, Kenlin Drake, uh, seven carries, 31 yards. Frank Gore, the age, another ageless wonder there, eight carries and 21 yards. 
And Brandon Bolden had one carry, he went for 10 yards. You're so big on Frank Gore, I just feel like I need hey, to get the walker. He's top, he's top four in yards of all time. Oh, gosh. Devontae Parker, four receptions, 43 yards and a touchdown. Kenny Stills, four receptions, 37 yards and a touchdown. Bryce Butler, four receptions, 25 yards. And Kenyon Drake had two receptions, 13 yards, and got in the end zone. As the Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills. The Denver Broncos topped the Cincinnati Bengals 24-10. Case Keenum, 12 for 21, 151 and a touchdown. Philip Lindsay, the undrafted amazing human being. Philip Lindsay, 19 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns, just eating them alive. Royce Freeman also had 12 carries for 48 yards. Cortland Sutton. Four receptions for 85 yards. He did get in the end zone. Devontae Booker, two receptions for 38 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, four receptions for 19 yards. And then over on the Bengals side, Jeff Driscoll replacing the injured Andy Dalton. 25 for 37, 236, a touchdown and a pick. Joe Mixon had 12 carries for 82 yards. Giovanni Bernard got to see some field time as well. Five carries for 14 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Tyler Boyd, a name we keep hearing, uh, leads the team six receptions for 97 yards. C.J. Uzoma, five receptions for 33. Giovanni Bernard, six for 32. And Cody Core, one reception, 30 yards. He gets in the end zone on that one lone reception as uh, the Denver Broncos run all over the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler, what you got for me? Ooh, he has the Baltimore Ravens and the Atlanta Falcons. The uh, Ravens win 26-16 as the Ravens move to 7-5 and the Falcons drop to 4-8. The big story here is that the fact that the Ravens' defense was able to limit Matt Ryan to uh, and the team to, um, to about 200 yards total offense. Something this team hasn't done since 2011. Very interesting. I mean... Despite 4-8, and eight, like, let's not mistake the fact that the Falcons are still one of the most explosive offenses in the league. They are. And what the Ravens did defensively is, 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 is wonderful. And, in my opinion, the only reason they won this game. Um, Lamar Jackson at, at goes 20 or goes 12 to 21 on 125 yards. No passing touchdowns. No interceptions. He did get hurt for a little while there, and Robert Griffin came in and mostly ran, ran the ball, but he did go 2 for 21 yards. On the rushing game, uh, Gus Edwards has himself another good game. 21 carries, 82 yards. Lamar Jackson, shocker, um, has more carries than completions. He has 17 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. No shocker. <laughs> and uh, the uh, recently activated from IR, Kenneth Dixon has eight, eight carries on 37 yards. In Ty Montgomery, I got receiving to do too. You do you. Yeah. In Ty Montgomery, three receptions, 13 yards. On the receiving attack, uh, Mark Mark Andrews led the team with three receptions, 47 yards. Ty Montgomery, five receptions, 42 yards, and Mike Crabtree, three receptions, 36 yards. On the Falcons side, Matt Ryan has his, as they say, worst game since 2011. Goes 16 to 26, 131 yards and one touchdown. Um, and, and Edo Smith led the team at rushing seven carries, 22 yards. That's pretty sad that, that 22 yards is, is your leading rusher right there. Absolutely. Kevin Coleman, six carries, eight yards. Ouch. Rough game there. The receiving tech, Austin Hooper, five, five receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Mohamed Sanu, three receptions, 37 yards. And Calvin Ridley, three receptions, 22 yards. And, well, Julio Jones had, uh, was very limited in this game. It's, 
weird to see, but um, Julio Jones had two receptions, 18 yards, as the Ravens, based on their defense, decimate the Atlanta Falcons. And this one was a fun one to watch. The LA Rams beat the Detroit Lions 30-16. to Jared Goff, 17 for 33, 207. A touchdown and a pick. Todd Gurley doing what Todd Gurley does. 23 carries for 132 yards and two touchdowns on the day. Uh, Robert Woods, five receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cook, four receptions for 62 yards. Todd Gurley also had three for 33 yards. Uh, on the Lions side, Matt Stafford, 20 for 33, 245 yards, one touchdown, one pick. LeGarrette Blunt, 16 carries for 61 yards. Theo Riddick also had eight for 32 Receiving-wise, Levine Toilolo had his biggest game of the year. Four receptions, 90 yards, was catching deep balls all game long. Kenny Galladay had three receptions for 50 yards. Bruce Ellington had seven for 35, and Theo Riddick also had three receptions for 26 yards. As the Lions just get dominated by the L.A. Rams in the second half of this game, and the Rams win 30-16. And the Rams clinch their, the first playoff spot. Um, of the day. Well, Tyler's taking phone calls now. Is that, is that the plan? You got the Tyler hotline going on? Is that? Is this my game? Yes, this is your game. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders. The Chiefs win 40 to 33 in the uh, really a shootout here. And Kansas City continues their 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 run of wins here. Patrick Mahomes, 23 to 38, 295 yards, four touchdowns. Great game there. He also had not nine carries of 52 yards on the ground. Led the team in rushing in their first game without Kareem Hunt. Oh, boy. Which we'll talk about. Um, Spencer Ware came in, 14 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And Damian Williams, five carries, 38 yards. Through the air, Travis Kelsey. Jeez, oh, Pete. 12 receptions, 168 yards, two touchdowns. He was the offense. Demetrius Harris, three receptions, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Demarcus Robinson, one reception, 38 yards. But Chris Conley also had three receptions, 25 yards, and a touchdown. On the Raiders' side, Derek Carr had himself a good game, too. 29 for 38, 285 yards, three touchdowns. Jalen Richard had six carries on 95 yards. Doug Martin, 18 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Derek Carr ran the ball one for eight yards, and through the air, Jared Cook had a good game. Great game, really. Seven receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Jordy Nelson, who uh, talked about retiring, but he's still playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good here. Ten receptions, 97 yards. Jalen Richard, three receptions, 31 yards, and Seth Roberts, three receptions, 25 yards, as the Chiefs beat the Colts. The, not the Colts, the, 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 the Raiders. Raiders. You, you know what the Raiders could use in that situation? a good pass rusher. I think they would have won that game. You think they could use a deep threat receiver too? Yeah, they could. They could have. But I don't know. Carr did all right. Um, you know, uh, but coming up here, we got Tennessee Titans top the uh, New York Jets 26-22. Josh McCown um, starts for the Jets there. 17 for 30, 128 yards and a pick. Isaiah Crowell goes 21 for 98. Elijah McGuire had six carries for 19 yards as well. Uh, Receiving-wise, Robbie Anderson led the team four receptions for 48 yards. Christopher Herndon, two receptions for 31 yards. Jordan Leggett, two receptions for 18 yards uh, for the Jets. On the Titans side, Marcus Mariota, 20 for 35, 282, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, Mariota also had four carries for 43 yards on the day. Derrick Henry, 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. Deion Lewis had six carries for 36 yards. 
Receiving-wise, the newly signed Taiwan Taylor, three receptions, 104 yards to Hay Sharp. Three receptions for 51 yards. Corey Davis, three for 42 and a touchdown. Anthony Ferkser, three receptions for 42 and a touchdown. And Jonu Smith gets two receptions for 29 yards as uh, the Tennessee Titans spread the ball out uh, through the air and wind up with a victory over the New York football Jets. Tyler, you're up, man. Your favorite game of the week? Oh, uh, it was a horrible game. <laughs> I, I wasn't happy about this game. It was it was just irritating the hell out of me. Um, and and let me explain something about this game, okay? Um, not only am I not freaking happy about it, but um, the uh, my boys should be ashamed of themselves for how they performed in this game. I was uh, shaking my head in disgust. Yeah, no, it was awful. It was I awful. Mean, I was rooting your Vikings because, I mean, screw the Patriots. But uh, the Vikings have a rough time. They lose this game 24 to 10 to the Patriots. The Patriots move to 9 and 3. The Vikings drop to 6, 5 and 1 in a very busy NFC wildcard race. And we're going to talk about playoffs, and we're going to—I'm going to rant about playoffs. this team. Playoffs. We're going to talk about playoffs, and we're going to—I'm going to go on a tangent about this team. After uh, in a little while here, Kirk Cousins goes to 32 for 44, 201 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Dalvin Cook led the team, nine carries, 84 yards. Latavius Murray still getting some carries there, four carries, 11 yards. Stefan Diggs, five receptions, 49 yards. Kyle Rudolph, three receptions, 38 yards. Aldrich Robinson, someone I was wrong about. He's having a decent year. Um, he has five receptions, 37 yards. But it was Adam Thielen who got that touchdown. Had five receptions, 28 yards with that touchdown. On the Patriots side, Tom Brady, everyone's uh, favorite or least favorite, depending where you're at, goes 24 32, 311 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Sony Michael continues his good year after this small little injury there. 17 carries, 63 yards. Julian Edelman runs the ball for twice for 35 yards. James White, 6 carries, 26 yards. And Rex Burkhead, 7 carries and 20 yards. Through the air, James White has 7 receptions and 92 yards. A great game there by James White. Just didn't get in the end zone. It's a con- constant thing. He gets a lot of carry- or a lot of receptions and a lot of yardage. He's someone who's really trusted in this team. Yes. But uh, a name we all know, Josh Gordon, three receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Cordero Patterson, two receptions, 53 yards. And their uh, golden goose, Rob Gronkowski, three receptions, 26 yards. As the Patriots put the beating on the Minnesota Vikings. Don't remind me. Um, <clears throat> the Seattle Seahawks defeat the San Francisco 49ers, 43-16. Nick Mullins. Uh, 30 for 48, 414 yards for Nick Mullins, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson, 15 carries for 61 yards. Matt Breida only had five carries for six yards. Receiving-wise, Dante Pettis, there's a name we haven't heard in a second, five receptions for 129 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Jeffrey Wilson, eight receptions for 73 yards. George Kittle, my boy, six receptions for 70 yards. And Kendrick Bourne, had four for 60, and Breda also had three receptions for 51 yards for the Niners. Over on the Seattle side, though, making paying dividends in a big way. Russell Wilson, just 11 for 17, 185, but four touchdowns on the day. Chris Carson, 13 carries, 69 yards. Rashad Penny had seven for 65 and a touchdown as he's starting to come alive. Uh, Receiving-wise, Jerron Brown signed in the offseason, three receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett. 
one reception for 52 yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson had three for 39, and Doug Baldwin two for 22 and a touchdown as the Seattle Seahawks blow out the uh, the San Francisco 49ers, which was crazy. I got the LA Chargers and the Steelers. The Steelers seem to have had this game in the bag for most of the game here, and then it, they kind of lost it. The Chargers win 33 to 30. As the Chargers move to nine and three. Believe it or not, nine and three is the five seed wow. in, their, in their current position. And the Steelers drop to seven, four, and one. Still, the division leaders in the AFC North by a half a game. <laughs> Phillip Rivers, 26 for 36, 299 yards, two touchdowns. Justin Jackson led the team in rushing in uh, Gordon's absence. Said eight carries, 63 yards, a touchdown. But they're uh, who you thought was going to be the golden goose, but he's really more of a change of pace guy. And Austin Eckler, 13 carries, 21 yards through the air. It was really it was really Keenan Allen who, who really stole the game there. 14 receptions, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Williams, three receptions, 52 yards, and Travis Benjamin, two receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. And then Austin Eckler did have five carries, five receptions in the air for 22 yards. On the Steelers' side, Ben Roethlisberger, 29 and 45, 281 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. James Conner, before he got hurt, had 15 carries, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. Through the, through the air, Antonio Brown, 10 receptions, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster, who we've heard a lot this year. Six receptions, 49 yards. Vance McDonald, four receptions, 28 yards. And Jalen Samuels, three receptions, 20 yards, and a touchdown as the Chargers win this one against the Steelers. And last but not least, Monday Night Football, 28-13. Philadelphia Eagles top the Washington Redskins. Uh, Redskins started Colt McCoy. McCoy breaks his leg. Mark Sanchez comes in. Before McCoy's leg break, 4 for 4, 50 yards. Mark Sanchez goes 13 for 21 for 100 yards and a pick. Uh, Rushing-wise, Adrian Peterson, 9 carries, 98 yards, including a 90-yard touchdown. So on the last 8 carries, he only managed to gain 8 yards. Uh, he did have a touchdown on the game. Mark Sanchez, one carry for eight yards as well. Receiving-wise, Josh Doxson, three receptions for 51 yards. Jamison Crowder, four for 36. Jordan Reed, four for 21. And Chris Thompson, three for 18. Over on the Eagles side, Carson Wentz, 27 for 39. 306, two touchdowns and a pick. Josh Adams, 20 carries for 85 yards. Corey Clement had five for 27. And Darren Sproles gave the uh, Eagles a little bit of a spark. Four carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Receiving-wise, Golden Tate kind of coming out firing here a little bit. Seven receptions, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, nine receptions for 83 yards. And Nelson Aguilar had four for 56. Corey, Clem Corey Clement, there we go, had three for 47. And the guy who's usually the top dog, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, three receptions for 31 yards as the Eagles improve their, their standings, looking to, to try and make their way back through that division. Uh, they beat the Washington Redskins 28 for 13, and that does it for our scores in Week 13. Now, Tyler, uh, we got to talk a little bit about about um, the uh, disgusting injuries we're seeing <laughs> in Washington. Don't the, go to Washington. Oh my lord! If you these, like your legs, don't go to Washington. These poor bastards—they're they, just breaking their legs over and over and over and over again. Uh, Colt McCoy breaks his leg. Um, just two weeks after Alex Smith breaks his leg in what was probably one of the most gruesome injuries that we've seen. Mark Sanchez is supposed to take over the starting role over there. Um, Which is, I mean, the uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but the injury to Alex Smith was uh, 
disgusting, creepily, cre- um, creepy, and very related to the uh, Joe Theismann injury. Yeah, it's very like you look at, similar. You look at the uh, the similarities and same what, what was going on, same day, um, same injury, same yard line. <laughs> it's it's weird, but it, um, Alex Smith suffers the same injury that we saw so many years ago with Joe Theismann. The best way I could describe that injury and and like Theismann's was very sudden. When I watch the Theismann injury, I, I see him get hit, and then you see his leg go pop, and he suddenly drops. Alex Smith's leg break, however, can be likened to like like being run over by a car. You know, like that's kind of what it was. He got dragged underneath a person, and that's why it was like, ooh, and you can just see his leg just mangled. And, and that's the best thing, you, the best way you could describe it is that his leg was mangled by by who who he was being tackled by it was just a horrible awful gruesome injury i feel for alex smith he's talking about retiring now because of it um and and frankly i wouldn't blame the guy he's got enough money he's made he's gotten some great contracts over the years um and and it that's just nasty just a nasty injury now colt mccoy injures his leg are the Washington Redskins done, Tyler? No, they're done. They're done. They're done. Uh, that's where I'm at. I think that they're done. I, I think the division is it sits um, in the very capable hands of either the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles aren't out of this thing. Cowboys are seven and five. Eagles are six and six. Yeah. The uh, the game they have, I don't think it's this week. I think it's next week. The uh, they have one more game head to head. That becomes a must win for the Eagles. Right. 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 And uh, Darren Sproles did return for the Eagles uh, in this last game. It was it was a uh, uh, good thing for them. He did have a touchdown in that game. He only got 22 yards, but I think he gives them a, a, a big boost, um, a guy that can catch out of the backfield. You know how explosive a guy like Darren Sproles can be, even at his age. Um, I think it's going to be a big thing for, for – uh, um, the Philadelphia Eagles, I think that they could come out unless if if the Cowboys play like they did on Thursday night against the Saints, the Eagles could find themselves in in trouble. But we we know good and well that the Eagles always have that that um, that uh, trick offense, and that's the best way to describe it. That trick offense up their sleeve. We know that the Eagles are going to come out firing. Um, I, I think it, it. I feel bad for for the Redskins because it was really looking like the Redskins were going to run away with this division. Absolutely. And and I I really feel for them and and it it becomes kind of a sad situation because uh, Alex Smith could have had a playoff berth over there in his first the, year as a Redskin. Alex Smith mixed with a team that was at the time well still still is yeah still a top ten defense like, very that good defense has been very very good this year like. The Redskins could have made some uh, noise and um, made some upsets in the playoffs. It's, it's, it's a bummer. Yeah, it is. It's sad. You know, you thought you were going to see a little bit of a changing of the guard. Um, instead, we're going to get more uh, more Cowboys and more Eagles. Um, and and frankly, I I think that um, you know the when it comes to that, I mean, it's kind of a snooze fest. I don't like the Eagles. Uh, nobody likes Cowboys. Um, and uh, that division is it's still. With even with the Redskins being out, and even with the Giants being out, it's still up in the air because the Cowboys and Eagles are so close. They're about to go head to head this upcoming week. Um, it's going to be a fun one. It's actually going to be a fun division, even though I don't care for either team. It's still going to be a fun one. Absolutely. So, um, but with that, Tyler, um, we have uh, completed our scores. We're, we're going to hitting the break here, and uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for with a word from our sponsors right here on uh, the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. 
With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not even going to introduce. Like, it's just Tyler Dean. I can do it. It's the fabulous Scotty Freytown um, right back here on the Outside Blitz. Uh, Tyler, um, let's, uh, let's take a walk. We're going around the league, buddy. Let's uh, get down to business. Um, and and you know what? I'm I'm gonna go right into it. Mike McCarthy, the big news, he gets fired. Is that really the biggest though? I mean, we, we yeah. can start Mike McCarthy. That's not, we, well, it's not so the it, it, me, it, well, it's kind of big. Well, it's not the biggest to you, but Mike McCarthy gets fired. He's huge, the second biggest. Yeah, huge situation. Then on top of it, Winston Moss gets fired by the Packers uh, after tweeting about Aaron Rodgers. So who runs that team? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a mess. The whole thing's a mess. Um, uh, Mike McCarthy's a good coach. Absolutely. And and I, I'm going to flat out say it. Now, Winston Moss's tweet, he said, his tweet here, he says, ponder this. What championship teams have are, what championship teams have are great leadership, period. It's not the offensive guru trend. It's not the safe trend. Find somebody that is going to hold number 12 and everybody in this building to a Lombardi standard, period. Hashtag losing sucks. And a short time later, after this tweet, and, and we're talking, you know, uh, 9.24 p.m. So the, the original tweet was posted at 11.59 a.m. Nine hours later, um, the Packers have informed me that they're letting me go. Hashtag thanks, Twitter. Um, you know, here's the thing. Um, Winston Moss, first of all, I understand the Packers are, are going. And, and first of all, shame on Joe Philbin. We'll start with that. Shame on on the interim coach, Joe Philbin, for saying, oh, well, you know, firing Winston Moss goes beyond that tweet. No, it doesn't. It made you look bad. It made the 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 crew look bad because the Packers have, what, 100 owners. Um, it made everybody look bad, so they got rid of Winston Moss. That's just the period in there. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. Yeah. And and then on top of it all, you got Mike McCarthy here who who's arguing with your star, what, $31 million quarterback, McCarthy, you know, Aaron Rodgers, first of all, shame on Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy's been gunning, or, or Aaron Rodgers has been gunning for Mike McCarthy for what? I mean, three years now? It's been at least two. Yeah, I mean, and, and all I keep hearing about, all I keep hearing about it is, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, you know, oh well, he's just you know he's a superstar. He de- he deserves to be treated like a superstar. Uh, you know, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is a baby. I'm gonna flat out say he's a freaking baby. Like, it, I, um, he's a baby. To uh, I me, mean, Aaron Rodgers is potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. But Aaron no. Rodgers, um, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, 
Um, to me, they're all um, crybaby quarterbacks. Well, and, and you know what? I'm not even going to put Tom Brady in that equation. And you know why I'm not going to put Tom Brady in that equation? Because Tom Brady is the kind of guy that'll that'll get a $20 million contract and say, look, this is a team game. I need teammates around me. And Tom Brady is the kind of guy that'll go out and take a, a you know, $6 million or $8 million bath. He'll, he'll wipe his own contract out, you know, for and, and take a huge, an enormous pay cut. For a guy like Tom, Tom Brady should be making more than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Tom Brady is a team guy. I like Tom Brady. I'm going to cut you off because up to this point, up to last season, Rodgers was the same way. No, absolutely not. Rodgers gets money, 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 okay. money, money. And by the other end of it, though, you could give Tom Brady a $35 million deal, and he's still not the breadwinner in his family. He does not <laughs> give a shit about money. We both know that. I mean, I guess. That comes into play, and you know it. It, it does, and it doesn't. The problem I have with, with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is a big, fat baby. First of all, shame on the Packers for firing a Super Bowl-winning coach. That's the first time it's ever happened that a Super Bowl-winning coach has been fired in in the middle of a season and wasn't able to finish out the season. In the middle of a season, yes. That's the first time that's ever happened. The second thing is, is you know what? Shame on Aaron Rodgers. You know, the 65, and this is the number we were getting, roughly 65% of the play calls that were made by Mike McCarthy were being changed at the line by Aaron Rodgers. Is the man uncoachable at this point? I mean, I, I think any. Uh, I think uh, if Tom Brady went to a new team, Tom Brady would be uncoachable. No, I think I, I think there are certain players that are uncoachable. I, I think I think Aaron Rodgers is uncoachable, and and, and it kind of raises this this dilemma here for the Packers. You know, uh, first of all, I, I you know, and it, I'm not just saying this because I don't like Aaron Rodgers, because frankly, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. But you know, the the fact of the matter is is that uh, Aaron Rodgers. I, not only do I think he's uncoachable, but at the end of the day, when it comes to the pack, Aaron Rodgers is almost going to have to hire this new head coach. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, you oh, know, Aaron Rodgers will be, will be the guy that chooses who who uh, comes in to be the head coach. Right, that you're going to be sitting down in in this big long table, and I can see like all these execs sitting there while interviewing this new head coach, <laughs> and there's freaking Aaron Rodgers sitting there. God, you know, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> It it just it drives me insane. I don't understand it, you know. And and you know, is Moss wrong for somebody that it was Winston Moss wrong for saying that somebody needs to keep number twelve in check? Absolutely not. Aaron Rodgers is is, is basically he's being a butthole. That's what he's being. I mean, let's just face it. And that's my favorite term to use when something sucks. I mean, Aaron Rodgers yeah, is being right. a butthole. You're right. Yeah. But and, at the same time, though, I think Aaron Rodgers is. Arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is going to be, and I, I think he has a right to be upset with if 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 a certain coaching staff has been complacent. And it's I, possible, and I don't think McCarthy's been stale. I, I keep hearing this stuff about Mike McCarthy being stale or being complacent, or maybe it's just the fact that Aaron Rodgers needs to you know pull off his diapers and start being an adult. You know, and and at the end of the day, McCarthy. I mean, and and I think it really shows. You know, with this Winston Moss stuff, because I mean, it took him nine hours. He he questioned, he questioned Aaron Rodgers one time. Gone nine hours later. I bet you Aaron Rodgers stomped into that office, and you know, I Aaron Rodgers sits there. He, oh, I have to to listen to this boneheaded nonsense. Oh, I'm so surprised by by Mike McCarthy getting like, oh no, you're not, you putz. You're the reason that you you know you're acting surprised because you don't want to be involved. You're and you don't want to deciding vote. Yeah, you were you were the one sitting there. No, he was the only vote. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what it was. He walked in and said, no, "I want the man gone," and he was gone. And you know what? Shame on the. Pa- I mean, the Packers. He didn't even get off the field. 
McCarthy, he, he he took one step into that tunnel, and they were like, you're fired. I mean, like he was gone, like literally and a half hour. And I'll after get the game. more into it in a, in a little while when I I, I need to uh, talk some Ravens. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm this is a good example. Um, you fire Mike McCarthy. How much better of a coach are you truly gonna find? You're not right now. There's not much out there. There's not. And and Mike McCarthy, you know, there's there's some stuff on the table, and we're gonna be talking a little bit about that coaching carousel here. But you know, and then. Uh, you know, we we Aaron Rodgers. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, instead of being angry at Mike McCarthy, maybe he should be be angry at at the Green Bay Packers front office. The Green Bay Packers front office hasn't really given Aaron Rodgers much to to toy with here. No, um, you're right. And and but it's also that blame also falls on Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is garnering thirty one million dollars of cap space. So does Aaron Rodgers? Uh, is it Aaron Rodgers' fault? Is it the front office fault? I think it's both, but I don't think it's Michael no, McCarthy's I, fault. I, I'm not going to put any blame on Aaron Rodgers at all, but I'm not going to put all the blame on, on McCarthy. Either. I think there's a lot of uh, issues you're going to you're going to the blame that goes to the front office. It goes to the front office, and in the front office, you know, the the only signing is is Devonte Adams is the only guy that they they really brought in that's been good. Look, the Tyler Hotline keeps going off during the show, and it's driving me insane. Yeah, hey, I'm always on call for work. Yeah, he's, the, the the Tyler Hotline. But but no, at the end of the day, you know, Devonte Adams is is the one guy who's who's really been spectacular for them. He says Absolutely. he's, and he's saying he believes that he's the best receiver in the NFL. I love the mentality. Um, he's not, but he's not. But he's, he's on the cusp of it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of the best. He's one of the best. I'll say one of the best. Is he the best? Absolutely not. Um, but you know, we we. If Aaron Rodgers should be happy with the front office about anyone, it is the fact that he has a weapon like Devontae Adams, and he was the only guy pulling in passes, a lot of drop passes his past game. Is that McCarthy's fault? Not so much. It's more the front office's fault. I I believe that Mike McCarthy is going to catch on somewhere. I believe that Mike McCarthy is going to wind up in a, in a much better place. He's going to get a young quarterback who he's going to. It's going to become a Belichick type situation, possibly Cleveland. Yeah, and and if he winds up in a place like Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, Mike McCarthy, I think they're going to be a match made in heaven. Oh, I think that could be that could be brilliant. Um, it, it sucks for for my Ravens and uh, but um, Cleveland could uh turn themselves from the laughing stock of the AFC North to being to, number hey, one. Look at me, <laughs> yeah, and and I I think it could be something really, really, really special over like, there for Mike McCarthy. And people are going to laugh, but I'm sorry. The last three weeks, Cleveland has shown that. The, the, oh, I'm sorry. The last season, like despite 0 16. Cleveland was in in almost every game. Like you can't tell me that Cleveland was just um this really crappy team. Yeah, they were 0 16, but they were in almost every game. Yeah, they fought hard, and and I had to you know even when they went to London last year, I I was sat down, and I was watching these Cleveland Browns take on my Vikings, and the Browns were were giving my boys a run for their money, especially in the first half. It was like wow, what's going on here? And the Vikings came back yeah, and, and won, and, but... and, they, and they struggled to, to do a complete game, right? But you can't say this team. Can't play football. They're, they're still a few pieces away. Oh, but oh yeah. This team's going to wind up being something really but, good. And and but, you, but you're you're talking about a team being three players away from being a eleven and five team, right? But you're damn close. And and step number one for Cleveland, you know, came a few weeks ago when they fired Hugh Jackson. Um, Baker Mayfield uh, has been very vocal. Oh, about, he's, oh yes, he has about the Hugh Jackson, how much he doesn't like him. Um, and, and Hugh Jackson even went, went to try and give him a hug after, after a game and, and he, yep. And he refused the hug. Um, and when, when people actually asked him about it, he, he 
was flat out. He said, you know what? He's playing for the opposite team. I don't like him. And and Baker Mayfield, I mean, maybe that's a little kind of a nationalistic type of attitude, but <laughs> what can you do? But at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to these teams and these these firings of these coaches, um, I, I think Cleveland made the right move. I think Packers made a wrong move. And I think Mike McCarthy's going to catch on in Cleveland, I think, and he's going to turn out to be something really special. And Cleveland's going to, gonna, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's what it's going to be. And, and Green Bay, I mean, they, they have a lot of things that they need to do from a personnel standpoint to make this team successful. Your coach isn't going to be that guy. You know, you, you just had your star safety walk out the door and ha-ha Clinton Dix. You couldn't re-sign him because you have too much cap space uh, uh, wrapped up. You have no corners over there other than Jerry Alexander, who's who's been doing his best. Jair, is it, is it Jair Alexander? Yep. He's been doing his best to, to be something really special. Um, kudos to him for doing what he's got to do. And and you know, but they they need a running back. You need you need some linebacker help. You need some help in your front seven. You need corner help. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues there, and they're over here trying to nickel and dime it through this season, and that's not going to work. Aaron Rodgers is not the only player on that team, and at the same time, the amount of money you're paying Aaron Rodgers, golly, you're taking up what uh, what is it? It's it's an eighth of your cap space, something like that. That's insane. And, and- I'm going to bring this up. I, I, I didn't want to be that guy. But I'm going to do it. Oh, boy. So there's been a uh, running joke on Facebook. Like, oh, oh. The, uh, the Alabama could beat the Cleveland Browns on any given day. No, they okay. could. Here, so here, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm sorry. Um, you, think of the best Alabama team you could ever think of. Think of the worst Cleveland Browns team you could ever think of. The Cleveland Browns will win not will win one hundred out of one hundred games. <laughs> they will by three possessions. Yes, they will. So here's the thing. I mean, for the people that think that, I mean, and I'm not going to call you stupid, but you're stupid. <laughs> um, here's the thing on that. Um, at most, um, an Alabama team, Alabama has the most people drafted every year. That's yep. no joke. Yes, they do. Um, at what six? Yeah, five, six, seven, usually something like that. Um, you're a lot of them go in the first seven round. players out of fifty three. Yeah. The Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns are whoever you consider the worst team this year. The worst team this year is what? Oakland, maybe Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Um, um, either of those teams have fifty-three players that at one point were deemed All-Pro type players. Right. I'm sorry if you think any college team would ever beat a pro team. You have no idea what you're talking about. No, and and I hear this nonsense all the time. Oh, it's all the time. I hate it. It drives me crazy. But, like, yes, Alabama's a great team. OSU's a great team. But at most, they get six, seven, eight people drafted. Right. You're talking you're, you're, so you're talking a whole team, six, seven, eight. Say, I, I'll even give you the benefit of the doubt. Say 12 players um, are capable of playing the NFL. Right. You're talking a whole team of 53 players, backups included, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that are all pro-style players. And while they may they may not be, um, um, a player on Arizona may not be equivalent to someone on, like, uh yeah, He might not be a pro Rams. bowler. Yeah, he may not be a pro bowler, but he was worth drafting. Yep. He was worth being in the NFL. We have to, and so- that's what they have I'm to sorry. understand. Um, yes, Alabama's a great team. But, I'm, but uh, they will never ever come within one possession of any pro team on their worst day not at all um and and i keep hearing stuff like that and i'm not a fan of it 
at all. Speaking of, of the Cardinals, speaking of, of great players, Christian Kirk gets hit on IR. That sucks. Um, he's had a, he's had himself a, a fine year. Yeah, uh, he's a great. He's a great player. He's going to wind up being the number one over there. Um, Kirk's a hell of a player. He's he's got uh, good stats this year. He's been kind of a game changer. Good, really good in the red zone. Um, I, I've actually enjoyed uh, Christian Kirk. Kirk and Rosen could turn into a really good combo if they can both progress well. Yes, I agree with that. And and Kirk um, on the year five hundred ninety yards as a number two, um, kind of an, an iffy uh, situation for him. They they don't have a good O line for Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen hasn't you know really been well protected. They haven't had much on offense. They haven't had much of a run game. So it, it kind of sucks for him, but if they get they get them a good O line and they get uh, um, Josh Rosen really rolling here, I think Christian Kirk could could be a deep threat. He's only twenty two years old. He was a second round guy. I, I mean, good player, good player, good hands, and everybody had been talking about him going into the draft last year, and a few people dismissed him. He went in the second round, and he's just been playing really good ball. Um, came from the from Texas A and M too, which which is a really good football school. Um, I, I like Christian Kirk, and, and like I said, I think he's going to blow up um, moving forward. Now, the uh, the Christian Kirk situation. We, yeah, I mean, you got to talk injuries at this point. Yeah, Christian Kirk situation, he gets placed on IR. Now, this one made me sad because I like him a lot. It makes you happy, though. A.J. Green hits IR, toe injury. There's a couple injuries that make me happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, A.J. Green hits IR. Um, Andy Dalton also hits IR. Yeah, I mean, it's a team that was already on the, on the downward spiral because of the injuries. Um, um, Dalton's on IR. Dalton hits um, IR with Green's a thumb injury. Green's on IR. Um, yep. So the, their season's over. I mean, your, your, your two best players on both sides of the ball are now done. That's going to hurt. Yep, and Tyler Boyd um, uh, coming out. Um, and, and he's performed well. I'm, I'm glad Tyler Boyd has come out and performed as well as he has. Uh, and A.J. Green has kind of regressed a little bit. But um, A.J. Green and Andy Dalton hitting IR kind of really it, it damages that, that Cincinnati uh, team that we, we we were talking about taking the division. We were, we were At talking one point, about, yeah. yeah. We were talking about taking the division and, and instead. Well, we actually, were, no. I'm sorry. We actually both uh, underestimated them. We uh, we actually both had them going last in the division, even with AJ Green and Dalton. Yeah, and but and they and they shocked us. They shocked us, and we but were talking about them taking it. And now and now they're going to wind up. <laughs> now they're going to wind up where we were ta- saying they were going to wind up. Um, and and you know that it, it sucks for Cincinnati. It's good for your boys. They it's one less team they really have to compete with. We know the the Browns are kind of on the downward spiral. The only team they they really got to compete with now is Pittsburgh, who's actually looking all right. Um, half game difference. Yep, half game difference. James Conner also God has a lower lower leg injury, which you're thrilled about. That that lower leg injury. James Conner out for a few weeks. Um, he was out this past game. Um, once he suffered it, uh, it it could wind up being a big thing. And and your boys, your boys have been, I, I winning games. I guess mm. they've been winning games. Don't I mean, me you can say they've been winning games, Tyler. Yes, they have. They have. They and, have. And and, been and winning. They've been winning. We're not happy about how they're winning. I'm not happy about how they're winning, and I'm not even a Ravens fan. But um, Lamar comes out and wins his third in a row. Um, he had a concussion scare early on. Um, I should have stayed. Get, <laughs> gets gets done with the, the concussion protocol. I know we hate Lamar Jackson. I know we do. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we hate ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. Guy doesn't have a good arm. He's not a pocket passer. He's a running quarterback. We don't like that stuff. Um, 
and and I'm gonna just I'm gonna go ahead and and hand you the mic. And oh, here we go. You're, gonna, you're letting me go on a rant. I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm allowed to rant. Jesus, take the wheel. Well, I'm allowed <laughs> to speak. Here and, we go. And uh, we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna let you just rant about your boys here. You you do you, boo boo. You you oh, go ahead and do you. I have a lot to say. Yeah, I hope you, we, have, we have the time for this. Yeah, you just go for it. I'm, I'm just, just gonna shut my mouth. Yeah, you keep your mouth shut. Yeah. I, I can go all day. Yeah, I'm gonna. Man, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Lamar Jackson. I mean, three wins. Sure. Yep, you've won. As a rookie, um, you take your wins, you take it, and you can get it. I, I, I'll give Lamar all the credit there. Kudos there. But my problem is, 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 is the how we've won. Um, through three games, Lamar Jackson through the air's head has had a, a, roughly 450 yards through three games, no touchdowns and two picks. Um, I, I don't like that as a team that's that, that's, ex, that's expected to be this uh, deep playoff team. Um. You're gonna have to be a through the air team, and yeah, Lamar Jackson has done great on the ground. He's, I mean, you guys have all seen the stats. Um, on the ground, he, he has been fantastic. But has also come on on the cusp of uh, having Gus Edwards join the team. Well, not join the team, but um, get the uh, starting uh, reps with the team, and he's and Gus Edwards has just been killing it more so than Lamar when it comes in the the ground game. Gus Edwards has proven to be the new uh, running back of this team. But and, and and that's been a big big state of it, and, and Lamar Jackson's done the job. But eventually, these so the teams he's play he's faced have been twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and thirty first ranked rushing defenses. So of course he was going to blow up on these teams. But but these juggernaut teams are going to catch on and they're going to shut you down. You're not going to beat a team like the Chiefs or the Rams or the Saints or the Steelers or the or the Patriots with 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 a pure rushing quarterback. You're going to have to move the ball through the air, or you're not going to be able to keep up. And that's and that's where my stance comes in. You still need Joe Flacco. Yes, he's had the injury for the hip injury the last three weeks, and he's he's borderline being deemed healthy. But at the end of the day, to keep up with these juggernaut offenses, yeah, your defense can help you out, especially this week in Atlanta. The defense did a great job at limiting Matt Ryan in the offense. They did a fantastic job. Well, yeah, and and that defense, that Ravens defense, has really been something special this year. Exactly, but but without that defense, um, there's no way they beat this Atlanta team. Yes, Lamar did just enough, but if the, you had a mediocre defense, it would have been a blowout. The defense did a phenomenal job at limiting to Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, of all people, to 131 yards. That's not gonna, yeah. There's no way that if you had a mediocre defense and where Matt Ryan's getting 400 yards that Lamar Jackson could have even come close to keeping up. And I, and I want Lamar to, to progress well. I really do. I, I, as a Ravens fan, I'm a realist, but at the same time, I, I, I want them to do well. I, I want Lamar to progress well. But I, I think at this point, yes, three, 3-0, you, you can't look at him as being the uh, be-all, end-all feature right now. There's still, there's still a lot to learn. Um, when it comes down to a game, and say this week is the Chiefs. You have a high-powered offense. You're going to need a guy like like Joe Flacco who has the, the deep ball. He has the deep ball accuracy. We all know this. Great arm. A, a, huge arm. And, but you're not, you're not going to beat these teams like the Rams and the Saints without him. And you, you have to have it. And Lamar's progressing, but it's going to take time to truly The develop. man has no accuracy. No accuracy. You you see um last last week against the Raiders he threw a ball to his lineman in the back of the head. <laughs> Who's bad? It's 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 not good. And like I said, I, I want Lamar to be great, but it's not right now. You you want him to make you eat a crap burger, really you do. 
I I I wanted to realize that like oh shit this isn't this isn't just happen all at once I'm not gonna be this all star pro out of the gate it takes time and you look at weeks like the Falcons like I'm sorry um like like I said earlier if if the Ravens defense is say a twenty twentieth ranked defense and let's Matt Ryan put up three hundred fifty yards the Ravens get their ass kicked right they do and and uh, as I was kind of getting to uh, yeah the rest of the season yes I know. Lamar's the future, and I'm not, not going to sit here and say get rid of Lamar and, and Joe's our, our quarterback for the next ten years. And see, that's where I'm going to disagree. I don't think Lamar's the future. Like I want him to be. Do I think he's going to be? No, but I, right now I, I think it's rough. I, I think he's got he's had a rough start. I don't think he's the future. I I think Lamar, he's so inaccurate and so inconsistent. Can he run the ball around like a maniac? Sure. I mean, when's the last time we saw this stuff though? RG three. RG three. You know. Um, uh, Fuck uh, Vic and Vic and Newton and McNabb changes and, game. Yeah, I mean, and we see these running and but Newton became a pocket passer. Russell Wilson became a pocket passer. Is Lamar going to become a pocket passer? I don't think no, so. He's not. I, I don't think, think he's so. going to be. I think but, he's stuck. So kind of accepting the fact, like we're we're too far in. I understand that Joe's days are numbered. It's fair. I understand it. I disagree with it, but I understand it. Yeah. Um. Is it a money saver? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Big money. It, it, saver. it absolutely is. And but and and that's and where we're at. at the end of the day, I mean, sure. The fact that Lamar's three and zero. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll give you a round of applause. I want you to be successful, and you've done well for three games. But I think you need to do a lot more pro, um prog- progression to uh, become the quarterback of the future for yeah, this he, team. He needs to progress into a pocket passer. But while you have Joe, yeah, I saw this article earlier. While you have Joe, and I agree that one hundred percent. There's no reason if you want to if you want to rock the hot hand, sure, put Lamar in there. But if things get troublesome, and and Joe's been deemed healthy and and deemed active for the game, you need to keep that there. Joe has arguably the the uh, strongest deep ball in in the game. You keep that there. You need it. You you might need this for a deep playoff run. because I'm sorry, um, going to a rebuild phase or you're going to a new quarterback. This team is still borderline playoff ready. If you have a quarterback like Joe, you utilize both. You, you need to do what you can to get to the big dance. See, and that's where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because we're, we're seeing this, this quarterback by committee thing going on here in, in Tampa. And uh, we see what's happening to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Fitzpatrick stuff. I mean, they started out hot, and then they switched over, and they're switching back and forth. Rah, rah, rah. Is, is, do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look like a playoff team right now? They're 5-7. and seven. I mean, it, they they don't look like a playoff team to me. So I mean, I, I don't not necessarily agree with the the quarterback by committee thing. I believe that that Joe Flacco should be your quarterback when he comes back. I think Lamar should be sitting on the bench. I think they're gonna, and I think that the Ravens are just gonna say, "Oh, the hell with it. We'll ride the hot hand, ride with Lamar." Eh. That's, is exactly what they're gonna do, and that's what they're gonna do. And and it's stupid. It's a bad idea. I think everybody knows it's a bad idea. I well, know it's a bad that's idea. The thing is, um. Is no one's looking at the fact that before Joe went down, they were four and two. He was top six in yards in the league. Yep. Top six in yards. That's what that's what this team's been beckoning for, fans. Yeah. You you've been wanting Joe to be a top six quarterback. Yeah, you've been wanting him to be to throw the ball and, all over and the then place. boom, boom, boom. Um, three of your five linemen go down. Yep. How many quarterbacks can truly do a great job with with a backup line core? At Kurt, ask Kirk Cousins. Exactly. <laughs> and, and he's not doing well without and, a line. And they lose three. One of which was against um, who most teams consider the best team in the league, being the Saints. 
Uh, an extra point away from going to overtime with the Saints? It's a big one. I'm sorry. If you can keep up with the Saints, you're a fantastic football team. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And and people people are going to put the put the blame on Joe. Oh, he couldn't be the Saints. He couldn't be the Steelers, and he lost to the, to the Panthers. No, Joe didn't lose to the Saints. Though. Absolutely That's the not. Thing. He he the went down. Lost to the Saints. He went down and scored with zeros on the clock to tie the Saints. The Saints. Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And you're going to blame Joe? Are you kidding me? You right can't now? do that. You can't. Like, but um, everyone's drinking drinking this Lamar Jackson Kool Aid. Could he be the guy? Yeah. Am, am I sold? No. Um, could he progress? Yeah, and I, and I hope he does. As a Ravens fan, I truly hope he does. And, you know, we see it all the time. We, we see this stuff where, where, you know, you get a quarterback, he's got a couple losses, and, and you know, the, a team goes out and they, they grab this rookie quarterback and everybody gets all high and mighty on him. We called it at the beginning of the year. We saw the stats. The numbers didn't lie. Lamar Jackson had, out of the three quarterbacks that were on their roster, Lamar Jackson had the lowest completion percentage. He had um, the worst accuracy out of the, out of the three of them. And he had the lowest yardage per attempt on top of it. So, I mean, if I see a guy that's got the lowest yardage attempt and he's not accurate, how accurate can this guy really be? I mean, Joe Flacco's over here throwing for 10 yards a pass, and he was more accurate than the guy that was throwing for four yards a pass. I think that says something. And they actually said when uh, when uh, Griffin came out for that drive, they said uh, Griffin's play showed that this team's not prepared for, for Lamar Jackson permanently. No, not at all. Because um, Griffin played more of a Joe Flacco system. Yes. Did do they? Are they successful with it? Is it like a shock to the system? You know, it's kind of like when your when your muscles, you know, when you're working out and your your muscles need a little shock, so you change up your workout a little bit, and that's kind of what it was, and that's what I think is happening. But but it's going to grow stagnant. Lamar's going to fall off the face of the earth. They're going to be calling for his head. You're going to see a similar thing than what you saw. Uh, the, uh, with with Blake Bortles and you know and and Alex Collins gets placed on IR on top of it, We're, and and that doesn't hurt at all because Gus Edwards has come out and just killed it. Yeah, he's it was been the, on fire. The, they've named him Gus the Bus. Yeah, is what he's being named. Uh, and, but, and if you're if, if you're being named the Bus, I mean, who's the last one that's named the Bus? Yeah, so, exactly. Pittsburgh Steeler. There, Gus the Bus comes out. Alex Collins gets placed on IR. He's been a monster for your Ravens, which I think and, I think opens up some stuff for Lamar big and time. To me, this is a big sign of what the offense is going to be. Um, Griffin comes in, you think, oh, he's going to run the uh, Lamar Jackson system. He doesn't. No, not at all. He he runs a lot. He he hands the ball a lot. But he pocket passes. Yep. And who does that sound like? Yeah, I know. You can right? tell this offense is still conformed and used to the uh, system they've been on for the last 10 years. Yes. And this team wants to run that system that Joe Flacco has uh, been in charge of. And and I'm not going to sit here and say, and I, I haven't said for the last three years that Joe Flacco is some sort of uh, god to football. He's, I don't know. I, sometimes I think he, you, you talk with your mouth full there. No, I, I'll never say that. But <laughs> Flacco's not. He's not. But but at at this moment in time, you're 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 still talking Flacco having a career year up to that injury. Yes. And and but people but people are looking at the losses, not the not the details. Like they're, they're looking at those three losses and blaming Joe. How 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 uh, you're gonna blame Joe for getting hit that many times when um half his line was injured? Are you are you are you are you dense? Nobody thinks about that stuff. No, no one looks at it. They look at losses and blame the quarterback. Yep, or the coach. Yeah, wins and losses, it's, it's purely on the quarterback and the coach or, or anything. And pe- pe- people are just dumb. Yeah, people don't think about these and, things. And, and, and I, we talked about the coaching corral. 
We're talk- and John Harbaugh is obviously on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat right now. To me, at this point, it is a, look thinking logically, I think uh, Harbaugh's job is safe this year, given that they're in the middle of a weird quarterback change. Weirdly enough, weirdly enough, you you might actually see John Harbaugh get his his uh, uh, year saved by Lamar because Lamar technically is getting these three wins. In a if way, that, if yes. that continues, say say they make the playoffs, I you might just see John Harbaugh with a job. I here. I think uh, I'm at the point I'm at with 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 everything happening. I think the Ravens could lose out, and John would still have his job. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. There's a couple games they could still win here and and lose, but I think where we're at. Um, and I'm I'm going to bring up Green Bay in this in this picks in in this conversation. At the end of the day, here, if you fired John Harbaugh. What better out there is there? Mike McCarthy, which is what probably apples and apples, probably right on par. Yeah, you're not you're not improving or decreasing. No, they you're both not. had this had they both had one Super Bowl over the last same amount of time period. No, you're you're not getting any better. Um, so you might as well as much as my my heart sinks, and uh, if you guys follow me on Facebook, I mean my heart sinks, and you and if they release Joe Flacco, you'll see a nice uh, deep heartfelt post for me you're in love with joe flacco well he's, he's won us a super bowl and something that the vikings can't say oh well you know what you you always talk about joe flacco winning you a super bowl joe flacco didn't win you a super bowl and defense didn't the defense did defense did not yeah the defense and, and a guy that can return kicks for you won that super but, bowl for you but um my, um joe flacco will always have my respect for that but uh but if if, if they do pass from joe i i think it'd be completely I think it'd be the franchise's worst decision of all time this year alone to to cut John. Get give him a chance to to rebuild around Lamar. I don't think it's gonna work out, but um um you're gonna rebuild your team anyway. Let John be the catalyst to do that. Give him the chance to do that. Don't don't cut him right now. Give him a chance to show that he can he can turn this team around. Right now is not the time to fire John Harbaugh. No, give him at l- he 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 is owed at least one more year. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people feel that way. One guy that that they didn't feel that way about is the Jags' offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Jags go out fire Nathaniel Hackett, their their offensive coordinator, saying that they're they're uh, a lot of moves in Jacksonville along with uh, these Ravens moves. Now your Ravens right now, they're they're kind of in limbo. One team that we know is for sure out is Jacksonville. I mean, yep. they're they're done. Um, Blake Bortles gets benched. Cody Kessler comes in. Technically, they win the game. The, this last game against Colts, six nothing. Had nothing to do with with Cody Kessler. Had nothing to do with with uh, um, you know him playing great ball or anything like that. He really didn't play great ball or do anything spectacular. Um, I mean, I like Cody Kessler. I thought Cody Kessler has always been a good quarterback. Um, I thought he could be a guy that that could start um, on several different teams. He's a guy that didn't get his fair shake in Cleveland. And Cody Kessler has come out and played really, really, really good ball. Um, Leonard Fournette also gets suspended over there for unsportsmanlike conduct, getting into a brawl on the sidelines with with the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, a brawl that, I mean, to be honest with you, that, that Fournette, I mean, he, he threw a punch, he, you know, the punches were thrown him and I think it was Shaq Lawson got into it. I mean, there's a lot of nonsense over there in Jacksonville. Uh, Tom Coughlin is kind of losing control of his team right now. I mean, I could see Tom Coughlin going out the door. Uh, you know, the Ra- the, the, the Ravens 
are at least on the cusp. The Ravens are at least right there. Jacksonville, on the other hand, they're, they're kind of falling apart at the seams. And this is a team that we were talking about as a Super Bowl team this past year, which is just blowing my mind. Um, you know, and, and they, they've lost pieces. They've lost wide receiver talent. They lost uh, um, Marquise Lee. Uh, they, they, they did lose him. Dante Moncrief is their number one. And Dante Moncrief, to me, wasn't even good enough to be a number one in Indianapolis, let alone a number one in Jacksonville. But, you know, I mean, the, the, the Jags have lost a lot of pieces, and, and I think we can agree that they've lost a lot of pieces. Um, but it, the reality is that, that the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, I think they're firing the wrong guy. I, mean, I agree. They're, they're getting rid of the offensive coordinator. Okay, you know, you're firing a guy who, who has a quarterback that can't throw a ball accurately. And, and when Blake Bortles come out, like, I'll be honest, when Blake Bortles came out and he got drafted, I was actually kind of going, oh, man, I would love to have Blake Bortles. And, and the Vikings didn't take Blake Bortles, and they, they made the right move. I almost disagree. The Bortles oh, yeah. hasn't done anything. Well, give me, give, give me a second here. Um, so this year, yeah, I agree. He's been absolutely awful. And he, and I mean, he, he was awful last year and too. Last year, their playoff push, he was, he wasn't great. It wasn't him, but he had good receivers. Um, this year they have nobody. Dante Moncrief is the only one, and like I said, and he's an but, IR now. But but even with the good receivers, Bortles didn't play well. He didn't. But all, but he, with the deep with what the defense was supposed to be, all he needed to be was a game manager. But the defense has failed. He was less than the a game manager. The, to me, the entire team has failed this year. He's but the Bortles was less than a game manager last year. He a game manager is a guy like Alex Smith, who's still going to put up a consistent 225, 250 yards. You didn't see that on Blake Bortles. No, you're 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 right. My point is, you can't just say that the team went from. Super Bowl bound to three wins because of Blake Bortles. No, I'm, I'm not going to say that. The team failed. I'm not going to say that. I think the team failed out, and, and yeah, they don't have receivers. Yeah, Leonard Fournette is doing stupid things, getting into fights, and not performing up to snuff. I'm with you there, 110%. And 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 the defense has not played good ball either. They're not firing the right guy. They're not. They're firing the offensive coordinator. You should be taking. You should be giving a guy another shot and say, hey, see what you can do with this Cody Kessler kid who has a good arm who can throw an accurate ball, and see what we got. Maybe next year you'll have Lee back. You'll have if Marquise I'm not Lee. mistaken, before the 0-16 Brown season, Cody Kessler was the, was the last guy with the, with, the, with the win. And he played well. That's the thing. Cody Kessler, I think, you know, and, and you and I had talked about this on several occasions when Kessler was still riding the bench, sitting there behind people. Cody Kessler's a good player, and he deserved to get a good shot I think in the NFL. And, and he never got his shot. Kessler's the chance, I mean, People people look at look at this as being a negative, but Kessler I think could be a true uh, um, predecessor to what we've looked at Josh uh, McCown as. Yeah, but what if Cody Kessler comes out and it actually winds up being a really good starter in Jacksonville? Um, I don't see him being a starter. Did, I mean, things haven't really gotten better in Jacksonville. We can't say things are like wahoo amazing. No, you're right. But where I view Kessler and and but it's not a negative. It's really not. Um. There's nothing wrong with being considered the best backup in football. I mean, I guess. See, that's the thing. I don't. If I'm a guy in the NFL, I want to be a starter. That's no, what I want. No, to be. you're you're right, but I don't, not, I don't want to be that journeyman backup. Not everybody is the I starter type. Yes, 
I think Kessler could be the starter type. Imagine if you're considered the 33rd best quarterback. Yeah. That's it. See, but the thing is, I think Kessler is a starting quarterback. I think Cody Kessler is the kind of guy that can come out there and play good ball. And and he's got a better he's got a better arm than Bortles. He's got better accuracy than Bortles. Yeah. He's got better pocket presence than Bortles. Bortles does a lot of running too. I never realized Bortles does do a lot of fucking scrambling. I mean, Cody Kessler is the kind of guy that can throw a ball accurately. He's a pocket passer, and we say it all the time: pocket passers are what survives in the NFL. Absolutely. So, so now we're sitting in a situation where Cody Kessler is taking over the starting position. To me, Cody Kessler should be the starter in Jacksonville. If I was the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know what I'd be doing? I would be going in that draft. I wouldn't even be looking at quarterback. I wouldn't be looking at Justin Herbert. I wouldn't be looking at Drew Locke. I wouldn't be looking at at, at Greer. I wouldn't be looking at anybody. You know what I'd be doing? I'd be looking at all the other issues that we got on this team, and I'd be focusing on that. And and I wouldn't even be focusing on a quarterback because Cody Kessler is your guy. He should be. If Impossible. You're, if you're going to draft a quarterback, draft in the third round. But, but don't don't go and waste a first-round pick on a Justin Herbert or a Drew Locke or a Greer or whoever else. To hell with that. Go out and get yourself a, a third-round quarterback that you can roll with. That's your backup. Cody Kessler's your starter. And, and Cody Kessler went in, what, second round? Uh, I, I believe so. I mean, roll with the guy. Give him a shot. See what he can do. And you got to give him a good offensive coordinator. You got to give him a good offensive scheme. And you got to make sure that this guy's going to wind up being the next strong strong arm quarterback in the face of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's how you roll with it. And and you can't crap on the guy too early. You can't. Third round. He went in the third. Okay. You can't crap on the guy. You got to give him an opportunity. Maybe that's just me. Now, um, speaking of, of uh, we, we, so we, we talked a little bit about guys getting getting uh, pulled, but we got a lot of injuries here, um, guys that, that will not be on the field. Uh, Marvin Jones hits IR, um, big hit for the Detroit Lions. Their uh, Lions lose, um, I, I mean, arguably their, their number one target now um, with Golden Tate being out the door, Ellington has kind of showed up a little bit, but um, Jones. yeah, Jones Jones just doesn't have any. Ellington's showed up th- this year. Uh, now that he's been signed, he's kind of been showing up. But Jones has is he's a deep ball threat. Golden Tate walked out the door. Jones gets hurt. Lion season's over. Um, Matt yeah, Stafford has over. Matt Stafford has zero weapons to throw to. Um, feel bad for the Lions. I, I do and I don't because I hate the Lions, but really, at the same time... Really, all that's left for the Lions here is... To, is just carry on is, Johnson. Well, three things. Stafford to show that he should still be the quarterback of this team. Yeah, and I don't think he should be. Um, Galladay to show that he could be a reasonable threat for this team. Yeah. And I think he can prove that. He could. To me, I, I, I like Galladay. I like him a lot. I like Galladay. I think he can be a, a, a true uh, player for any team. Um, I think Gallaudet could be a feature of this Lions team, but yeah. but but then number one is you you called it out there, and that's uh, um carry on. Yep, carry on. Carry on Johnson is uh is a prove continuing to prove that he's a juggernaut in this league and can be. He's a man with and, a plan, and I want I want to see that continue. Yeah, I I, I like carry on Johnson, even though even though as a Vikings fan, I watch that guy run. He's a speedster. He's very hard to bring down. He's a better runner than Legarrette Blunt. And everybody made a big, big hubbub about Garrett Blunt. And at the beginning of the year, everybody was saying Blunt's going to be the guy. Blunt is not the well, guy. He he's doing exactly what um they expected out of uh, Amir Abdullah. And then th- there was the uh, 
quote unquote, and I, I know you can't see it, but I'm, I'm doing my air quotes. Your air quotes, oh gosh. Air quotes, uh, future of this league, um, Zach Zenner. And I, <laughs> and I, and, and I wanted Zenner to be good. You know, and Zenner, I'm not going to say you're saying Zenner's bad, but is Zenner like a number one? No, he's not a number no, one he's running not. back. He's not. But carry on Johnson Johnson has proven that he can be the guy. He is someone that can be um I don't want to I don't I don't go this far, but he he's proven he he can carry on that that um the um Barry Sanders legacy and just, carry on that wayward Johnson. And, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like it. But I, I But he's he's a guy who who I who I believe in. Yeah. And while well, Lions are my number two team and Ravens are one, obviously, but um, Carryon's a guy that I that I that I buy into. I buy into Carryon Johnson, and I'm not even like I said, I, I hate the Lions, but but I buy into Carryon Johnson. I do, and and I'm going to continue buying into Carryon Johnson because he's a speedster, he's scary, and teams should be afraid of him. Um, another guy they should be afraid of is uh, that teams should be afraid of is Eric Ebron, and right now Eric Ebron is getting all kinds of targets, and guess what? He's about to get more. He just got 10 targets this past game, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that Jack Doyle hit IR this past week. And Colts have been doing a dual tight end system there. It's basically been the – this whole season has been the Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, and T.Y. Hilton show. Yeah, and 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 you know what? Let's just call it what it is. It's also been the Andrew Luck show. Oh, no, Andrew Luck's been a uh, – he's, he's been uh, um, threading the needle pretty good there, a eh? And like we said all all off season, I I am a huge fan of Andrew Luck, and yep. what we're seeing now to me is no surprise, but it's just a surprise to many. But I am all in on what Andrew Luck's been doing, and to me, it's going to continue. We are card carrying members of the Andrew Luck fan club, and we have but, been for a while. But the putting up zero this week against the Jags disappoints me. It's disappointing. Uh, I think the Jags defense finally showed up. I, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right because I I think I I'm not gonna put any of that on Luck. So Luck's had a, had a great year. Having off game is I'm I'm not gonna hold it. Well, against Luck. Him. I mean, he was putting up three touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns. I mean, he was just hitting the end zone over and over and over again. He's he's been having a great year. Um, gotta love Andrew Luck and Eric Ebron. You know, for all the the trash that gets talked about that guy. Um, you know, especially here in Detroit, we know that Eric Ebron was a good player. Like I I keep alluding to here. Fifth most receptions for a tight end in a rookie deal. That's a big deal, and yep. and that's and people don't realize that he's in good companies with Tony Gonzalez for Christ's sake. I mean, people need to think about that, and people need to give that guy a lot more credit than they're giving him. And um, now Eric Ebron goes somewhere where with a system that works and a quarterback that throws the football well. That's not always fastballing it to him. You know, you can talk about the drops all you want for a guy that gets as many passes thrown his way. As that guy has, I I hope he drops a few, especially when you got a guy like Matt Stafford chucking the ball as fast as he can. You know, so I mean, at the end of the and, day, and we talked about this earlier though, like, and 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 not every offensive scheme is prepared for a great tight end. No, not and at all. So you look at Jimmy Graham, who was when he was at the Saints, was on pace of um blasting. Yep. Gronk. I'm sorry, but but if Graham would have spent his whole career in Saints. It would have been it. It would have been a uh, Gronk who, yeah. Jimmy but, Graham would have been went, the best tight end. He went to Seattle, who didn't know how to use a uh, tight end. Then he went to Green Bay, who also doesn't know how to use the tight end. Yep. Jimmy Graham is a is a is a great player, great size. Um, certain teams don't know how to use tight ends. No. And Lions are one of them. Yeah, they are. They um, they really are. Um, 
Colts have been a long time, um, even before since, Luck. Since Dallas Clark, really. Um, Luck and Manning, they've been a, they've always been a two tight end pure system. Yep. Um, with uh, with Luck, you have Jack Doyle, and and you have uh, Ebron. When it, when it was Tom Brady, and even with with the beginning of Luck, you you had a. Uh, you had the Hernandez Gronk combo over there in in New England. Hernandez, well, New England, and, but but then in Colts you had a what's his name? You had a I can't remember the names right now, but uh, they had a two tight end system going for a long time. Mm-hmm. I probably, and, oh, golly, it's a guy that went to the Saints afterwards. Yeah, it's uh, they they've had a uh, a great history of using two tight ends. Um, yeah, and, and one one big thing, Kobe Fleener was the guy. Um, Kobe Fleener, it was always, what was it? Kobe Fleener, and they also had um, Dallas Clark over there, who were who, they were both yeah. playing really great ball together. I mean, it, the this the Colts have always done well in that in that aspect. Peyton Manning actually did really well in Denver with that as well. Uh, he had he had Jacob Tammy over there, and he had Julius Thomas. So I mean, he he always had a, a good tight end set. Um, and, and that worked out well for Peyton Manning. That's why he won a Super Bowl over there. That's why he went to a Super Bowl. Um, and even though they got beaten at Super Bowl, he, that's why he went to a Super Bowl. He, he still had those, that, that high powered offense. He had those, those two tight ends, those two big targets to throw to, and they were there for a while. Um, I, to be honest, you, you gotta, you gotta love the, the way that they utilize them. Now, a guy that is, I, you know, the, that I'm sure is hoping that he gets drafted to one of those tight end friendly teams is Noah Fant, uh, declared for the draft. Um, as did, uh, Michigan's own Rashawn Gary. Um, both of them go and, and declare for the draft, kind of shake things up a little bit. Nobody was sure whether or not Fant was going to declare. People weren't sure if Gary was going to declare. Gary goes out and declares, shakes things up, moves up to an immediate top 10 draft pick. Um, and, and Fant uh, comes in and also moves up to a top 20 draft pick, possibly top 10, really. Um, how much does this affect the draft, Tyler? I mean, I, I, how, how good are these guys, and, and how, good do they, how much do they affect um, the, what we're looking at? The draft is so ever-changing. I, I, this time of year is so incredible to watch, is the way the draft changes. Guys holding out of bowl and games. You, you, have, you, you have guys holding out of bowl games. You have people moving up, people moving down. It's, it's, it's interesting to watch. And by the way, I'm 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 gonna I am a I'm a full um, membership card holder of the fact of you should sit out bowl games because they don't matter. Yeah, especially the ones that don't matter. Yeah, unless you're playing for a playoff, sit. You yeah. should sit. Don't get hurt. Yep. If They're you're gonna you. if you're gonna declare, you just give the spotlight to the next guy in line. You go ahead and declare, like, and you move on. And I was just talking about this last night with with uh with with Andrew and Derek. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the fact that most players sit out of bowl games anyway. So you might as well just uh, discount the bowl games. Well, it depends. If you're a senior and you're getting ready to declare, if you're a junior and you're getting ready to declare, and and you hold out of the ball the bowl game, it it actually um, it, it's smart. It's going to take care of you. You're not going to get hurt going into the draft. That and, and you know you're not going to exploit certain things. And you know, there have been guys whose draft stock has dropped drastically because they were in a bowl game and and they they play poorly. So what what we're talking about is um, getting rid of most of the bowl games because no one gives a shit. Nobody cares. Um, the the an, who gives a crap Tostitos bowl? Do, like, an, I don't, I don't do an eight to sixteen team playoff. Yep, they should expand it. Um, expand the playoff. 
instead of doing bowl games, do your playoff, I and mean, you're getting just as many games. Expand it to the 16 teams, um, or, or even that, even better, you could do it, you know, east and west, and, and kind of change the ranking system. And I always thought, I'm a, a firm believer in the idea that the college ranking system is hot garbage anyway. Um, and I think a lot of people can, I mean, what the hell does the Associated Press have any business giving a team a ranking? Well, the AP, the, the AP has nothing to do with it, because... They, they get, they get a, a factor in, in uh, calling the rankings out. But you look, you look at this year. So you have uh, you have Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and I'll show you, oh Notre Dame. Yeah, that's your four. But you get four more teams that to me could make some noise. You got Georgia, UCF. Um, shoot, I'm missing Ohio State, OSU, and potentially Michigan. Or there's one more I'm missing. Mm-hmm. I um, mean. You could you could get a true eight. You you, you got to expand it. You got to expand the the uh, um, the the uh, playoff there and, like, and really give other teams a chance. Because no one gives a shit about the bowl games that don't mean anything, right? I mean, sure. What do we, I care we, about the Rose Bowl? Well, I mean, we all love the Rose Bowl. I mean, I love is, it. Who is the Big Ten champion versus the Big Twelve? Big Twelve. But who cares? But I mean, you win. I mean, what do you win? You Bragging win nothing. Rights? Who gives a shit? You win nothing. You beat the Big Twelve champion. Who put, gives a crap? Put it towards the playoff, and and you you get Ohio State and potentially even Michigan right in that ballpark and conversation. You know, to win the it, national championship, that's what it's all about. Yep, and and really, I mean, look at the NFL. They expand it to, and and you, if you look at at the NFL, they they have their wild card round, their divisional round, their NFC title round, their championship round. They have four weeks, one solid month of football, and and imagine the type of uh, uh, I guess revenue that college football could bring in from that. You got to expand it. It's got to happen, and and you know, kudos to I mean Rashad Gary and, and Noah Fant. I, I went. I, Rashad Gary already said I'm not playing bowl game. Well, when you get some time, look, look up the uh, Washington State coach interviews. Oh yeah, it's... they're not they're not playing bowl games. They don't care. Yeah, I mean, they they might as well just sit at home and have a beer. Um, and and you know, it really does shake up uh, a lot of the things that are going on. Um, speaking of stuff getting shaken up, we've got uh, a signing here. The Raiders go and sign C.J. Anderson. Um, I don't think it means much. Well, does it not mean much? I mean, we, we got Marshawn Lynch struggles here. We got well, IR. IR, yeah. But we got we got a lot of we, – we do have some running back struggles. Um, we, Doug we, Martin's better than C.J. Anderson. Uh, Doug Martin, is he better than C.J. Anderson? I think so. But Doug Martin hasn't come out and played. I mean, really, Doug Martin got outrushed no. this, this past game. Well, no, you're right, but but I'm going to say that this this Raiders team, you have John Gruden, who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to trade everybody. Oh, Gruden's out of his mind. But, I mean, Jalen Richard out, outrushed Doug Martin. Now, granted, it was against a, a Kansas City Chiefs team who sucks, but but Jalen Richard out, outrushed Doug Martin six carries for 95 yards versus Doug Martin's 18 for 61 yards. I mean, that's... that's uh, Kind of a, a big deal. I think Doug Martin has. And Jalen's has, a big boy. Yeah, I mean Doug Martin has seen better days, and I, I think I think we can probably rule him out. But C.J. Anderson might shake things up. I mean, maybe Gruden's just going crazy and saying, "I want that guy," and I'm going to release Doug Martin at the end of the year. I mean, who knows what the hell he's he thinking? Wants it <laughs> I guess I, I don't know, but but he's out of his mind. He'll trade everybody. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's out of his mind. And um, there, we had a few other things go on here as far as guys entering IR. Travis Frederick has already said he won't be back until 2019 uh, for the Cowboys. Kind of a hit for the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are playing good ball. So, I mean, I 
kudos to them for, for doing what they're going to do. Landon Collins, the safety from the Giants, also uh, he had a nasty shoulder injury. Uh, it will require surgery. He hits IR uh, for the Giants, who are, are basically out of things anyway. No need to, to sit there and injure yourself. I get it. Um, Emmanuel Sanders hit IR with a torn Achilles today. Um, kind of sucks for, for Case Keenum. He doesn't really have much of anything else other than Cortland Sutton over there. Yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah, there's, they're, they're starting to fall apart at the seams. Um, there, I can, I can see their, their playoff situation kind of going out the door. Um, the big one though, that, that, I mean, arguably the big surprise to me was the Buffalo Bills wave a struggling Kelvin Benjamin. Now, I get it. Like, Kelvin Benjamin struggled over there in Buffalo, and he has since he got there. But, golly, Kelvin Benjamin's a good receiver. I, I think he is, too. And and it is possible. It's, it's still early, but it's possible that there's something we don't know. Yeah. Um, we, we obviously know that in the offseason, Kelvin Benjamin is not the greatest at keeping up in his workouts. No, not at all. Um, he, he looks shows like up hell. to the first, game, first day of training camp, 30, 40 pounds heavier than he should be. Yeah. Um, and and maybe it's that maybe 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 it comes down to Calvin Benjamin doesn't give a shit. Yeah, Calvin Benjamin's gonna gonna go somewhere. Oh, he's gonna be oh, something 100%, special. He hundred percent will. Um, do I think he's gonna be something special? I mean, I think Calvin Benjamin has shown that um he doesn't give a shit. Let me let me throw a strange thought to you real quick here. So Dallas Cowboys go and trade for Amari Cooper. Could you imagine if they went out and signed Kelvin Benjamin to like a five-year deal? I mean, how much would that blow your Calvin mind? Calvin at his best? Yeah, I agree with Kelvin, you. Kelvin Benjamin and and but Calvin Benjamin's also at this point two hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin and Amari Cooper on the same team. Imagine how how frightening at that could be. At its best, it could be dangerous. I agree. Imagine how frightening that could be. And they're looking for. I mean. <laughs> I mean, who's their big receiver over there outside of Amari? Terrence Williams? Maybe. Maybe. That's a hard maybe. I mean, really. I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys, they don't, I mean, they could use the offensive talent. I mean, let's be real. They, they could. Uh, you're, you're right. But I, I, Cole I, Beasley? I, still, I still struggle on the concept that, um, Benjamin can keep himself in pure football shape. What is Michael Gallup the big guy over there? Come on now. I mean, no, I, no, I I'm with you, but I, I, I don't know if Benjamin's capable of keeping himself in sh- in the shape he needs to be in. I, I think he is. I think he just he's going to have to hunker down and he's going to have to get involved with a team that that is going to going to bang on the door there a little like, bit and say, hey, I, I feel like doing? I feel like any lacy. Weigh, weighs less than Kelvin Benjamin. No, I don't well. think anybody can weigh m- <laughs> less than or more than Eddie Lacy. Golly, but you know Kelvin Benjamin is. I mean, I don't think that 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 had much to do with it. As much as it does, you know, Kelvin Benjamin has he he struggled in that Buffalo system, and and you know he has, but he hasn't really had much of a quarterback there. I mean, what is Nate Peterman the guy? You know, Josh Allen's not the guy. He doesn't have the arm. <laughs> I mean, like, he has had a quarterback. You can't get mad at the guy for underperforming when he doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, let's just face that fact. He doesn't have a quarterback. You're right. You know, so, uh, I mean, wherever he goes, Kelvin Benjamin, he's going to come out rocking, and I'm I'm excited for, for wherever he goes. Um, now, the uh, in, in one place where, where he could go because of the absence of Cooper Cup just on a rental could be the L.A. Rams. And the Rams right now, they've clinched that first-place spot 
um, in the the NFC, that that number one seed for the playoffs. Um, how exciting is that? Oh, so on, on the uh, picking up receivers, I don't think you're going to grab anybody because I can't think of his name right now. I'm going to try to look it up, but but they have a good back, a good replacement for Cooper Cup is like Reynolds something. I can't remember his name. I mean, I guess, but I mean, the the Rams could pick him up. The Bills kind of lose out here, and on, on I mean, the fact that you're waving, you know, Kelvin Benjamin. I think that that says something. The Rams they clinch that first round no, spot, but they don't they don't need oh, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. Hey, Josh he's Reynolds. Okay. He's had a good couple of weeks here, filming the role of um, Cooper Cup. Yeah, and and uh, is he a Kelvin Benjamin though? I don't think he is. I don't I don't think anybody's uh, Kelvin Benjamin is a former first round pick. He's he's but, a physical guy. But it, when you're the Bills cutting cutting Kelvin Benjamin, when you have who, who you can't even name their names. There must be something we don't know. No, yeah, bills. The bills right now have a, um, they have a, a, a large issue over there right now, and they've been having that large issue all year. And then on top of it all, Jerry Hughes, the defensive end for them, uh, Hughes goes out. Uh, the, they're even having problems with referees over there in, in Buffalo. Uh, the referee Roy Ellison um, apparently got confronted by Jerry Hughes in the tunnel. Um, according to many stories, he, Roy Ellison called Jerry Hughes a, a, a bitch on the field. Um, I've, I've never heard of a referee doing that. <laughs> uh, apparently Roy Ellison has been, been, uh, suspended in the past though. Unbeknownst to me, he's been suspended in the past for, for, um, misconduct, I guess you could say. Um, that is a thing. Uh, so, I mean, he, he has been suspended in the past, but he gets confronted, uh, Jerry Hughes could have beat the holy high hell out of the guy. I'm surprised he didn't, um, especially if he called him a, a bitch on, on the field. That's kind of a big deal. Um, but, yeah, I, I, Bills have all kinds of problems. Between that crap and, you know, uh, uh, I mean, should Jerry Hughes be be let go or, or not let go but suspended or reprimanded for trying to start a fight with an official? I think so. Um, but at the end of the day, the Bills have all kinds of problems. They got all kinds of problems, and Kelvin Benjamin was not one of them. Absolutely not. And and they shouldn't be releasing the guy. Um, so what we're going to do here, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Tyler's Top Ten. We're going to get into to the Forgetful Five. And then we're going to talk about uh, this coaching carousel a little bit. We're going to talk about Kareem Hunt's situation. We're going to talk a little bit about Reuben Foster. And um, that's that's going to be the, the plan. We're going to go over our predictions, and uh, we're going to be rocking and rolling on out of here. But but uh, when we get back from the break, we're going to we're going to get into this Kareem Hunt nonsense, um, and uh, we're, we're going to roll with it right here on the outside blitz. At it's your time massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with uh, the uh, very torrid Tyler Dean. 
Uh, doing? <laughs> doing all right. Um, so we, we've got a few more things going on, and we're going to get down to business with Tyler's uh, top 10, top 20 this week, actually, because we got a two-week yeah, break. Yeah, because uh, Scott can't uh, produce shows. Hey, you need to calm down, okay? It wasn't just me. Um, now, looking at uh, moving into um, – uh, we, we got some, some I, I guess, attitude problems, you could call it. I mean, it's off the field stuff. Mm. Um, we'll start with Ruben Foster. Uh, uh, this guy, he goes out, he gets uh, he beats on his wife some more. We, we've heard this. He's get, got a lot of domestic abuse things, de domestic violence issues. Um, Ruben Foster gets let go by the Niners. This is not his first uh, offense here. Gets placed on the commissioner's exempt list after getting signed by the Washington Redskins. Um, Sucks to be the Redskins, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Sucks I, to be them. They they go and sign a, a good, I mean, and let's face facts, Ruben Foster, great defensive player. He's great. Absolutely. So, um, but as far as, as being a um, uh, piece of hot garbage uh, off the field, I mean, we can all agree he's a piece of hot garbage off the field, beating on his wife and whatever the case may be. Um, to hell with Ruben Foster on that aspect. But as far as play-wise, there's a lot of teams out there that could use a real good linebacker. It's suspended, yeah. Are you yawning? Yes, I am. Tyler, we're getting it, late. It's past. It, it's seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. You old fart. We're at two hours from bedtime. Old fart. Um, uh, another guy that's having some off-field stuff. Kareem Hunt. Ouch. Some um, off-field stuff. Lots of off-field <laughs> stuff. Um, beating on people in clubs, kicking a lady and shoving her over. Her head hit the wall. I mean, I saw the video. It was pretty. Pretty uh I, I see everybody calls it I always hear this word disturbing getting thrown around. Oh, it's so disturbing. No, it's not really disturbing as much as it was just friggin' stupid. It was very Jerry Springer. Um rumor is that that uh, Kareem Hunt asked the lady to leave the the uh um leave the hotel room. She goes on a rampage, starts destroying everything. Um he kicks her out of the hotel room. Apparently Hunt Hunt expected her to sleep with one of his friends. Um, she starts destroying things and leaves after she gets thrown out of the hotel room. She rounds the corner. Now everybody said that that uh, Hunt pushed her first. I, I don't. I don't know that honestly. I saw that on the video. I, I saw her hit him first, um, and uh, they they get separated by their crew. Hunt comes bursting out of the hotel room, shoves his friend. His friend jump. You know, basically falls into her, and she hits her head on the wall. Um, he runs over and kicks her while she's down, and, and the kick was more like a, a foot push than anything else. But uh, I mean, it wasn't like a soccer kick or anything like that. But still, pretty awful. Not very cool. Um, Kareem Hunt uh, gets released by the Chiefs. Charkandrick West gets signed by the Chiefs, which he already knows the system. Very, very good signing by the by Kansas City there. Um, and Hunt in this situation, um, I mean, he he gets placed on the commissioner's exempt list. Teams start looking at him. He clears waivers. Then a bunch of stuff starts emerging about him getting into fights in clubs and him punching people in the face and beating up people in, in a club after they, the Chiefs got eliminated from the playoffs last year. And then now we're talking about, you know, Kareem Hunt. Uh, what, what else was there? It was he, he beat up another woman or something. I mean, there's just videos upon videos upon videos upon videos of, of Kareem Hunt coming out just beating on people off the field. Um, at this stage... Is, well, we'll start with this. Is Kareem Hunt's career over? I think it might be because there's also uh, some articles about uh, when he was first coming out of high school. Yeah. Um, he wanted to go to OSU. OSU turned him away because of quote unquote high school behavioral issues. Yeah. 
So it, it's seeming it's it's beginning it's becoming to seem like this is a uh, reoccurring theme with Kareem Hunt, and as as a Toledo guy, I mean, I I graduated from Toledo. Yeah, like I I, and I, I told you this last week. I I was really like. You're proud of Kareem Hunt. So Toledo, uh, up to this point, Toledo's uh, best two uh, guys were uh, Bruce Gradkowski and Chester Taylor. Yeah. Um. And so we were. I, I was like, Oh yeah, here we go. The uh, Kareem Hunt statue within the next five, ten years. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Uh, no, it's not gonna happen unless it shows him beating his wife. Yeah. I mean, really. I mean, that's and th- and that's where we're at. Is uh, I think Kareem Hunt's done. I think. Uh, you think this is gonna be a Ray Rice thing where he's just out? Yes. <clears throat> wow. 23 years old, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah, uh, Young guy. I think uh, it's going to happen to him younger. Uh, Ray Rice has come out and said a few things on I, I think Kareem Hunt's done. I don't know that he's done. And that's the thing about it. I, I mean, we, we saw Ray Rice's career end. He was, what, 28? Um, Ray Rice was just getting ready to enter his prime. I think I think Kareem Hunt right now, the the league is, is going to you know lay down the discipline. They're going to do what they have to do. And then once the league lays down what they got to do, I think – they're going to go ahead. I someone's going to sign him. Someone's going to sign him. <laughs> you know, you're right. Someone's going to sign him. Well, um, so if, if anyone else who hasn't heard over the last uh, forty eight hours, the XFL is back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Kareem Hunt will sign with the XFL. Uh, you think so? It won't be the NFL. Uh, you know, I honestly, I think someone's going to sign him in the NFL. And and um, I mean, there's there's a lot of things happening. To Kareem Hunt right now, he he's been removed from like the Madden rosters and and uh, you know that there's going to be certain things. Certain fans are are actually defending Kareem Hunt um, after this whole thing, and they're they're saying it was an attack on her. I mean, I, I think the big one is that she the big reason they're saying that is is they can they they punched him in the face or she punched him in the face. Um, I don't know that he's going. I mean, is is he disgraced from the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awful stuff. But I I could see him, uh, uh actually, you know, getting picked back up. To be honest, I, I think there's there's going to be teams out there that, that I, I, need a good running back in three months. The guy, I, I don't think they're going to do it because uh, there's the unknown of we don't know when Kareem Hunt's going to be given the green light to begin playing again because he is on the exempt list. He is on the exempt list, but the 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 reason the exempt list is there isn't isn't just like for for permanent banning of, of the NFL. I mean, Ray Rice isn't on the commissioner's exempt list anymore. Um, teams just don't want to sign him, and and I think but it comes I think down the, to a how I mean, how long can you be there before you teams want to like oh you've been off for this long? I mean, how let much me, can we trust you? Let me just throw an interesting little little issue out here, and and I I believe maybe it's just me. I believe that the Ray Rice thing was a lot of um uh it, it, the Ray Rice one was a lot more egregious than the Kareem Hunt thing. The Kareem Hunt thing, okay, you know, is it bad? Absolutely. Horrible. Um pushing a person into another person, I don't think that was the the initial expectation, you know, like like to to cream the guy and the guy hits her and then she hits her head on the wall. I don't think that was the intention. Um but what I believe is that I mean, like Ray Rice? You remember Ray Rice? He got into, a ho- into an elevator and just beat the holy yep. hell out of his wife. I mean, I mean, throwing fists, Mike Tyson uppercuts. I mean, just beating the, the hell out of her. I've I've seen both videos, and I mean, I think there's a significant difference between the two. I don't really. Um, I I think uh, I think they're very equivalent. Yes, the push were the one guy 
was pushed into into her. Yes, you can't count that. But uh, looking at the way that he, uh, I don't, it, no, it was not a a malicious kick. No, but it was a um, for lack of a better word, a pushover to show dominance. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think uh, looking at everything, I I I would put the Ray Rice and Hunt incident on the same level. I don't know that I would for for I mean like I had had that elevator door not opened I don't think Ray Rice would have um and the other thing is is, is Ray Rice's wife got got cleanly knocked out I mean straight up knocked out limp getting dragged out of an elevator had that elevator door not opened I don't know that Ray Rice wouldn't have killed the woman to be honest with you and and that's fair you know and and I think I think Kareem Hunt um you know it, that there's there's some stuff going on there that that I, I think there's it, it is it his fault yes but I honest to God I I think there's going to be a team out there that goes you know what, Kareem Hunt I'm going to give this kid a shot and I'm going to have him straighten out he's 23 years old let's get him signed to a deal and let's try and straighten this kid's life out and and this could be a a big situation for him that that you know big turning point for for old Kareem um, he could get re-signed. Is it as bad as the Rice thing? I mean, you say yes, I say no. But but at the end of the day, uh, Kareem Hunt, out of the NFL right now, um, he's got a long road ahead. For a 23-year-old young man, he's got he's got a long, Absolutely. long road ahead. Now, speaking of guys that are out of jobs right now, we know Mike McCarthy went out the door. Um, we see a lot of offensive coordinators and stuff getting dumped. Um, let's talk some of these coaching vacancies that are coming or have come. We, we've been talking a little bit about John Harbaugh uh, possibly being on the hot seat with the Ravens. Um, we, we've, uh, we've seen that right now you've got, you've got a coach in Cleveland who's actually not doing half bad, uh, the interim coach over there. He's, he's doing pretty good. I would say the best interim coach of all time. Really? In Cleveland? Oh, oh, I mean, how how many interim coaches after the original coach was fired came out and won games? I I mean, yeah, he's, he's playing good ball. Greg Williams, um, I mean, he he's a good I, defensive man. I like Greg Williams. I do. I like Greg Williams. To be honest Wait, with you, I think Greg Williams will wind up taking that starting position. I don't. I don't think so. No. Um. But I'm. Greg Williams will end up as a head coach in 2019. But it won't Just, be the Cleveland Browns. Wow. I. You know. I. I think Greg. Greg Williams has done enough, and and has shown enough to to wind up being the starter or the starting head coach uh, of the Cleveland Browns in 2019. I don't think he's just going to be the interim guy. I think he's going to be the guy. Um, but, Mike you know, McCarthy. McCarthy is, is the guy in Cleveland. He's looking like the guy that Cleveland is, is aiming for as well. So, I mean, there's there's a, a kind of an interesting situation going on there. Or Bruce Aarons' name has come up as well. Yeah, Bruce Arians. He's, he's, gonna, he's coming up. Now, teams that are going to have head coaches that are, that are in the crosshairs, I mean, well, we already know the Green Bay Packers have a – a situation where Philbin right now is is the interim coach, but Philbin he's got experience as a head coach, but Philbin is not a head coach. We we know that he didn't do well. Absolutely what was not. it? Miami he was in, he didn't do well there. So, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, um, you got John Harbaugh being talked about. You got Jim Harbaugh being talked about. I mean, you, Jim Harbaugh. Those, those are two I think are going next season. Will be with the same team. You think so? I'm sorry, but Jim Harbaugh is still too far away from the end of his deal to be leaving. He's he's bleeding blue and gold still. Um, Absolutely. The, the other and, and John, I I think uh, with everything going on with the quarterback changes, they're going to give John one more year. And we got to talk a little bit about Ohio State here. Oh, Urban Meyer. Yeah, you got to talk about our Urban Meyer now. Urban Meyer, he goes and he. 
quote-unquote retires for, like, what, the third time in his career? I, I believe Urban Meyer is actually sick in this one. I, I believe that he has coached his last season. I don't think he has. I think Urban Meyer, he, he's done. You're going to see Urban Meyer uh, kind of go out the door for, for a year. I think you're going to give him a year. I don't think he's going to come back right away. But you, you give Urban Meyer a year and let him get a little more healthy. Urban Meyer is going to come back as a head coach in the NFL. I think he will. I I don't I do not believe that Urban Meyer will ever coach in the NFL. I think he will. And and Urban Meyer is is you know he's got a lot of um, there's going to be openings almost every year. Now uh, another team that that you know I don't think is going to be open, but it, it, they're already talking about him is Pat Shermer over there in in New York with the Giants. Um, a little two more years. Yeah, he's, I, I think he's got a couple more years in him, um, especially because they're going to be going into a draft. They're going to be able to pick up a guy like Justin Herbert, you know, stuff like that. That's going to be going on. John Gruden's around for the long haul, so that yeah, one's not going to happen. matter what. But the Arizona Cardinals are already talking about about uh, head coaching changes. That's another team that, that – they'll, they'll get one more year out of his. Next season, he'll be fired. Yeah, they're, they're talking about him. They're also talking about the Atlanta Falcons, who who are struggling this year. Um, no, he'll get one more year at least. You, you think so? Yeah. Um, there, there we're talking. We're hearing a few rumblings about Miami. We're hearing about Tom Coughlin possibly going out the door in Jacksonville. Um, those. What is that? The HC though. There. Coughlin. Is he or was he just doing their offense? This is an assistant. Oh, he's just an assistant. Yeah. Um, he's not going to go anywhere there. I, I mean, if only if he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Doug Marone, rather. Doug Marone will be going out the door over there. Possibly. I, it's possible. He's he's not having a, a very good year. I think the Eagles are pretty set with their head coach, but they have a lot of injuries on that team. So they're going to be uh, – and, and for a while we were talking about Jason Garrett with the Cowboys, but Jason Garrett is – Turning it around. Yeah, he's, he's turned it around. It, it seems like he does it every year. Um, we're also Tough saves his ass the last minute. <laughs> yeah, we're also talking about Marvin Jones, or not Marvin Jones. Um, no, you're right, Marvin Jones. Is it Marvin Jones? Yep. Um, I think uh, he's reached the end of his. Uh, Marvin, I'm sorry, you're right, Marvin no. Lewis. Marvin Lewis, I, I, I was Marvin Jones. Lewis. I, yeah. I believe he's out the door this year. Yeah, it, it, um, since he, finally he has been uh, avoiding that uh, that uh, axe for the last few seasons. I mean, he's been there since 2003. Which which is a that's a long that's a hell time. of a hell of a tenure. That's a, that's a long tenure there. Yeah, he's done a great job. I think we're at the end there. I and mean, yes, um, losing AJ and losing Dalton is not his fault. Injuries no. happen, but he was already on the chopping block going into this year. I think Marvin Lewis loses his head coaching job in Cincinnati and gets looked at elsewhere, either as a head coach or as a defensive coordinator somewhere. And Marvin Lewis is a great defensive coordinator for the record. Great Absolutely. defensive coordinator. So, I mean, does does Marvin Lewis wind, wind up somewhere? Bless you, Tyler. Um, does Marvin Lewis end up going somewhere? I, I think he does. I think he gets 100%. picked up. I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. The man's only only well, 60 years old. I'll go, I'll go as far as saying that he ends up somewhere as a head coach. Wow. And then eventually having to get fired and then re-picked up as a, as a coordinator. Yeah. He'll uh, get one more chance as a, as a head coach because of his tenure as a head coach. Yeah, Lewis, I, I think he's going to come out and be a great defensive coordinator. I think he's a... Um, He's a guy who has been a victim of bad drafts and bad general manager decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I think Agreed. that's where we're at. Um, so he's been a victim of bad personnel. Um, so with that, Tyler, it's it's that time. Uh oh, it's it's your time. My time. Yeah, it's your time. Massage. My time. Massage. <laughs> it's your, you're getting a massage today. Um, it's the time for Tyler's time. 
Tyler's top ten. Tyler's top twenty. Twenty. Yeah, we're going because 20 today. someone can't record a show. You need to calm down. Producer shows. You need to calm and down. And we'll do top ten. I'm going to produce them. I'm producing exactly. all of them. We're going to get all caught up this week, Tyler. We're going to get all okay. caught up. Just so you know, if if we don't have a show next week, we don't have if 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 the next show isn't for one week. You can blame Scotty for You need to calm down. I will get these shows produced and get them posted. You just need to just okay, relax. Okay. Am I wrong? If if we in, if we go two more weeks, we can blame you, right? You go two more. Yeah, if we go two more weeks, you can blame me. Okay, there you go. You heard That's, it. You heard, you heard it, it live. You heard it here. Now, um, so Tyler, top twenty here. Uh, I only did my my forgetful five because I, I just feel like there's just five really awful performances. But uh, you know. Tyler's uh, top twenty here. Now, so we're doing top twenty. So like last time, um, it shouldn't be, but I I made sure the top twenty it was it, it it had to have been ten from week twelve and ten from this past week sixteen. Yes. I mean I mean if you give me a choice, I would have had like nineteen from week twelve. Yeah, there were <laughs> a lot know, of it was, it was it was it was it was definitely uh, weighed heavily towards the week twelve. Mm-hmm. But I had to force it to be ten from each week, just, just to so be fair. you know, just to be fair, just so you know, going into this. So uh, here we go, number twenty from week thirteen. So this week, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, one hundred and eleven yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Big game, and Christian McCaffrey has proven just to be just a huge piece of this offense. Very versatile for the Panthers. Um, I like Christian McCaffrey a lot. Good hands, great catching out of the backfield. Um, he, he's a speedster too. People people don't realize how fast that guy is. He's actually really really fast. So um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, I, I I can dig that. And he had a good performance. And, and I mean, against a, a Bucks defense that that could use some work. But you know, ultimately, um, the, the Panthers are kind of on a slump right now. Christian McCaffrey seems to be one of the only highlights there. Oh, uh, the the only highlight. <laughs> the highlight. Yep. Number nineteen, Ezekiel Elliott from Week Twelve. 143 yards in scrimmage and a touchdown. Zeke. Elliott's just a huge part of this offense and, and really one of the major pieces of why this offense is proving to be, at, at least at the moment, ahead of the, the Eagles when it comes to taking this division after the uh, Redskins lost their franchise yeah. quarterback. 121 and a touchdown. It's a, it's a big game on the ground, especially. Um, Zeke has proven that, that that offense runs through him. We keep saying that. We you keep hearing that phrase. The Dallas Cowboys offense runs through Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Elliott has shown that he can be versatile. He can catch out of the backfield. He can run. He's great on the ground. He's one of the better rushers on the ground. Absolutely. As, as opposed to a I lot of I believe he's third or fourth in the league right now. Right. As opposed to this this usual um, stuff we see at this new age running back catching out of the backfield and trying to be as versatile as possible. Elliott is versatile, but he's better versed on the ground like a running back should be, in my opinion. I'm a purist. Sorry. But Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, I agree with this. He's a great performance in, in uh, Week 12, and, and kudos to him. All right. So I cheated twice. Oh, gosh. So number 18 is a, is a twofer. Really? Yeah. You, you'll understand. So number 18, um, so I have like a, like a who, it sh- who it truly is and then it's someone I want to talk about. Mm. So who it truly is is Nick Mullins from this past week. Um, despite the loss, the dude goes 30 for 48. 414 yards, two touchdowns on the pick. Like big on in the loss, like even with only 16 points scored, Nick Mullins had himself a game. Like he balled it out. This is a San Francisco 49ers team that is void of talent. 
And and they they I mean George Kittle is like the the one guy that has been there consistently all and, every week consistently yes but then, then you got Bereda who's also been a big part of this offense but Bereda hasn't been he's been hurt you know so so you got Nick Mullins throwing the ball around and and Bereda has has barely been there Jeffrey Wilson was their leading uh, runner this this game fifteen carries sixty one yards I like Nick Mullins personally I think he's better than Garoppolo was Jimmy Garoppolo looked like well, hot far garbage. so good yeah definitely. So, I mean, Nick Mullins, I, I, I like this. Now, you were going to say. Uh, my part two here? Yeah. Same team. I'm, I'm keeping it same team here. Oh, geez. So, the Seattle Seahawks bend the Niners over here. Uh-huh. So, Russell Wilson, the, the, you look at his yards, they don't seem very gaudy. No, they're not. But he goes 11 for 17, 185 yards, four touchdowns. You throw less than. Less than 200 yards, and you put up 43 points. Yeah. Like, Monster I, I, game. <laughs> I'm going to give you credit here. Yeah. Like, the yards aren't there. I agree. He only he only completed 11 passes and, but, and put up but, four but, touchdowns. But only threw the ball 17 times and has four touchdowns? Mm-hmm. Something's gone right. <laughs> um, and, and we've talked about this. Russell Wilson has turned into a game manager. manager. Yep, that's, that's and, the Russell Wilson way. This is where I give Russell Wilson credit. Yes. When it comes to this... This is more of a Nick Mullins thing, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's worth bringing up the fact that Russell Wilson was able to beat Nick Mullins with less than half of the rushing, the, the passing, passing yards. yards. Yep. That, that, that and double the touchdowns. Yep, and that like, says something about the versatility also about the Seattle Seahawks and the way they play football. And, and this is why the Seahawks could survive in the future because Russell Wilson, as I've mentioned, as, as a is, um, he's turned into a pocket passer and a game manager. Yes. This guy can continue to be the the uh, standard of this league. He can be. I agree with that. Um, seventeen also did the same thing. Oh boy! So you can go to this same week, and it's it's the Chiefs and and and, and the Raiders. Oh okay. Um, if you look at both quarterback stats, big games for Mahomes and Carr, and big game for Carr. So Mahomes goes twenty three for thirty eight, two ninety five, and four touchdowns. Great game there. Put up forty points. But Derek Carr is right there, same amount of attempts, but puts but puts up twenty nine um, completions, two hundred eighty five yards, and three touchdowns. To me, very similar games, a very good um, shootout here. Yeah, it was very close game. Like, it was a shootout. Carr yeah. Carr shows that he's still very versatile. Yeah. He's worth. He, he's trying his best with what he has to do what he to do what he can. And, yeah, Carr's showing he's and he worth. He damn it. near beat this uh, juggernaut Chiefs offense. Like yeah. Um, Derek Carr, Mahomes, to me, despite neither of them breaking 300, to me, they both showed that they are game managers. They are ball hawk. They are, they can throw the ball. They can, they can do it all. Yes. Um, I, I loved what Mahomes and, and, uh, Carr did this week. Yeah, they were, they were fantastic. Great arms and, and they, re, they know how to read defenses. We got to remember that, that Derek Carr was being looked at as an MVP candidate and Patrick Mahomes right now is being looked at as an MVP candidate. Absolutely. So that's the last of my cheating. The rest is just solos. Thank God. So number sixteen solo is uh, Keenan Allen Keen, this wow. week. Yeah, monster game. You're gonna see a lot of this week happening right now because uh, to me last week was just so much better. Yes. Um, this week Keenan Allen had a big game, fourteen receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Keenan Allen has been a guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot, and and it's on and off we have, but it's not not consistently. And it, well, he hasn't consistently hit the top ten or anything either. Keenan Allen, he, he's a good receiver. He's just very injury prone. And and I think Keenan Allen has really slowed down from his initial few campaigns. Um, 
and a lot of this this success that he's seen, I mean, we got to give kudos to Phillip Rivers on top of it. I mean, he, he went 26 for 36, 299, two touchdowns. Um, Rivers has been just outstanding this year. And, Absolutely. And Keenan Allen. And we Allen. talk about it in the offseason. Rivers is so underrated. Right. And and so Keenan Allen comes out and, and gets, uh, I mean, he gets a, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the game throwing to him. I, I think it's a recipe for success there. Absolutely. Um, going to number 15, week 13, because it's the week mm-hmm. of the week, um, is uh, Dante Pettis. Five receptions, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, Pettis had himself a hell of a game. Um, really, honestly, helped out uh, Mullins a little bit there. Um, bailed him out uh, a little bit. He had the two touchdowns, um, both those touchdowns from Mullins. He had 129 yards. He had he had one of the bigger games, and and you could tell he's become a deep threat for that team. Uh, whereas Kittle has become kind of the chain mover guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Dante Pettis, I, he was. We haven't heard anything from Pettis since he left Carolina. So this this could wind up being a good thing for him. It could be an interesting change and in, in the start of something good. I, I, and I want to see some more consistency because he only had five receptions. So right. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, and we we used to see that type of thing, you know, in, in Denver a lot. Um, you know, a guy getting five, six receptions and putting up monster numbers, you mm-hmm. know, because of the fact that even though he was getting five, six receptions. So, I mean, you know, as long as he's a vertical threat, Tory Wilson used to do that a lot too. Absolutely. Or not Tory Wilson. Um, Tory Smith. Smith. Duh. Tory, Tory Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> and she's done some great things. <laughs> Tory Smith used to do that a lot. So, I mean, you know, we, we used to get that a lot. Number 14 from week 13. I mean, we're on like a, like. I've only had, we're at fifteen or fourteen. I've only mentioned one person from week twelve. Oh boy! So you notice is headed. Uh-huh. Um. So number fourteen, week thirteen, Antonio Brown. Yep. Ten receptions, one hundred and fifty-four yards, and a touchdown. Big, big game <clears throat> there. Lit up that Charger second. Big reason to how the Steers stayed in this game. Ben knows who his guy is. Even though I'm going to say that. Juju underperformed this week because Juju is a great receiver, is going to be. Well, He's only 21. Well, Antonio Brown, um, it wasn't even keeping him in the game as much as it was him keeping them on, them on top for, for a majority of it. Chargers came back, come from behind victory. Um, you know, Antonio Brown, 10 receptions, 154, and a touchdown is huge. He had a 15.4 average. Uh, Antonio Brown still showcasing why he's one of the best receivers in this league. A lot of people think he is the best receiver in the league. To me, he's one of. Um, you know, he struggled with a little bit of consistency, but uh, I mean, he's he's still putting up good numbers. And and when he comes and and shows up to play, he shows up to play. So and and this week he showed up. Keeping with this week, number thirteen from week thirteen, going to the Bears. The Bears and. And the top 20, you know what? I'm going to give you a pat in the back. If you can get in the top 20 without a touchdown, you deserve some credit here. That's Tarek Cohen. Mm-hmm. 186 yards from scrimmage total. Didn't get a touchdown, but he was the shining star of this offense. Yeah, he, he didn't do much on the ground. Jordan Howard kind of took care of that. But Tariq Cohen has, has shown that he can be a guy on the ground. But his primary function is a change of pace back. He gets a lot of those passes out of the backfield. And uh, 12 receptions, 156. He had a 13 average. Um, he's a speedster, whereas whereas Howard is more of a downhill runner. Um, Cohen, he's he's been the kind of the catalyst for for this team. And even though they lost the game to the, the Giants, he he made a splash. He he got in the end zone. You gotta love it. Um, I believe that that when 
in moving forward, they're going to have to give him a big deal, and, and Jordan Howard's going to wind up seeing his way out. They're going to make Tariq Cohen the long-term guy. Um, so when they when they do make Cohen the long-term guy, um, they're going to have to give him that big contract. Cohen, and, and it's going to be, how could I put this? Uh, for the Bears, you're going to see a lot more of Mitchell Trubisky Throwing to Tariq Cohen, he's going to be very similar to with, with how it was with like Drew Brees and Reggie Bush. I, I think that would be the best way to put that. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, and and that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. I believe it's going to be like a Drew Brees Reggie Bush situation, or kind of like how how McNabb and Sproles were for a while. I, I believe that that that's what's going to go down. Um, it the the Bears kind of it it kind of hinges on whether or not Tariq Cohen can, can come out and perform. So, I mean, I that's kind of a big deal. So, uh, uh, Tyler, what you got for me, man? Yeah, Tariq Cohen has such a big game. I think number 12, we're talking Nick Nick Chubb from the week 12. And Nick Chubb, was, he, so last week in my top 20, he was my number one guy. Mm-hmm. So here we are again. He's sitting here pretty high here, number 12 from last week. 130 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. He's continuing to be that juggernaut player as a running back. We we thought it was going to be Duke Johnson, and Duke Johnson just hasn't panned out. Um, Nick Chubb, 28 carries, 84 yards. He gets a touchdown. Um, he goes out, three receptions, 44 yards, another touchdown. He had two touchdowns on the day. Um, Chubb is the workhorse guy, and, and they, they got him on a discount. Which was kind of nice. They they did get him. A, he was a second, third round guy, um, and he's a big bruiser. He's he reminds me he, the way he runs. He reminds me of Peyton Hills. Um, I agree. And and that's that's kind of how he runs. Um, and and but we're we're not going to talk the the crappy version of Peyton Hills. We're talking the good version <laughs> of Peyton Hillis. So I mean I I like Nick Chubb. He he's going to wind up being a long term runner in this league. He kind of reminds me of Jerome Bettis as well. Um, I, I just want to see that longevity there. I want to see if he can be consistent for a significant amount of time, and uh, we'll see if, if Nick Chubb can get moving. Number 11, Lamar Miller from last week, week 12, with the Texans. Uh, 12 carries, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Put, put, put the beating on the Titans there. Yeah, uh, Lamar Miller kind of kind of coming into coming back to form here. Uh, we He was real quiet early on. Uh, the Texans started just to, to fire up. Lamar, 12 carries, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that and and you know he's he's kind of playing with with uh, Alfred Blue there. He also had a reception for five yards, just a little dink and dunk type of deal. He's not a pass catcher. He's he's going to be a ground guy. But I I believe that Lamar Miller, um, he he's coming back. He's coming back to to get over that thousand mark, to get over that century mark, and really make something happen. I'd agree. So going to the top ten. Saquon Barkley from Week 12, 142 yards from the scrimmage and two touchdowns. Saquon, say gone. Um, Big part of what this offense is, and everything kind of runs through Odell and Barkley, but Barkley's proven to be just a big piece of this team. Barkley is having one of the years that you can only dream of from a rookie. Um, he He's just he's playing such good ball. Um, and the Giants, they, they need him right now. He's, he's uh, topping the rookie charts right now as far as, as a, a season uh, goes for a rookie running back. 
He's um, beaten Elliott. He's beaten Gurley. He's like as far as rookie records, he's on his way. Yeah, he's he's at nine hundred and fifty four yards on the year. Um, eight touchdowns. He's getting in the end zone. He's catching balls out of the backfield. I really like Saquon Barkley, and and um, we were talking about how he's just going to be explosive. The Giants made the right choice getting him. Um, they, they need a new quarterback, and I think that team is going to be younger. It's going to be better. I don't think Eli's the guy anymore, and I think he's honestly one of the, the big things holding him back. God forbid Saquon Barkley gets a brand-new rookie quarterback with him that can throw the ball effectively because, oh, good Lord, this team is going to be scary. Absolutely. So going on the list here, I, I'm, I'm bummed that he's, he's so low, but at number nine from week 12 is Marcus Mariota. Wow. So Rivers is getting all the credit here, but Mariota himself, he went 22 for 23, only through one incompletion, 303 yards. But what keeps him down here a little bit is only having two touchdowns. Yep. But honestly, okay. People don't look at it, but that that completion rate is phenomenal. It is. It's great. It's it's out of this world phenomenal. There's not many that have done that. No. So Mar- Marcus Mariota deserves a spot in the top ten of two weeks. Um, he's he had a great week despite the um ass kicking more or less. I mean, yeah, thirty four seventeen. Houston's a great touches. team, great offense, great. But it's a great defense. But but Mariota still against a great defense had himself a great week on his own. Yeah, and and the the uh, Texans defense, you know they they've been great. Um, they've been they've been rock solid. Uh, Mariota is is often you don't hear much about Marcus Mariota these days, and and to me I I don't know why you don't because I think he's a good quarterback. Um, and and is he is he gonna um. Is he is Marcus Mary? I mean, right now he's at two thousand one hundred sixty eight yards. Is he going to put up uh, uh, an incredible number? No. Um, he's a little injury prone. He likes to run a little bit. That's fine. Is, is he amazing? No. He's got an eleven to seven touchdown ratio. I mean, ninety five percent. He's got a ninety five rating, which is pretty damn good. But um, is he incredible? No. So you don't hear a lot about Marcus Mariota, and I'm I'm kudos to you for being able to recognize you know a, a solid effort from a kind of a and player, um, or a guy that's considered an and player that that kind of flies under the radar. That completion but, percentage but he, he he deserves the spot. Yeah, that completion percentage wound up being a ninety five point seven completion percentage, a one forty seven point seven quarterback rating. So, I mean, kudos to to Mariota getting it done uh, against a very good defense. Going on the list here, number eight, Travis Kelsey from this week, twelve receptions, one hundred thirty eight, one hundred sixty eight yards, and two touchdowns. He was one of the only shining spots. Great, this team. Percent, great, great effort there for uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's it's a game you, you that you that you can't you. It's a game you shouldn't expect from somebody, but if they pull it out, you're just thrilled. Yeah, and th- that's kind of what I like about the um, the Kansas City Chiefs right now. They're kind of you have guys stepping up that wouldn't normally step up. Um, Travis Kelsey, he's been consistent all year. He's got 1,082 yards, so he's already broken a thousand. We got quite a ways to go. He's kind of playing like a wide receiver right now, as opposed to a tight end. But um, you know, Travis Kelsey. Uh, uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, the guy guy's a good player. He's going to continue being a good player in this league uh, for quite a while. He's 29 years old. He's in his prime. Um, and and he's got nine touchdowns on on the year so far. Um, he's a he's a consistent red zone threat. And then when they need him to step up, he steps up. Um, the Chiefs exploited a a very porous uh, Oakland Raiders secondary, 
Um, kudos to Travis Kelsey getting it done. And I always talk about how rushing yards are harder to come by than receiving yards. And despite having three yards less, to me, because he had so many rushing yards, um, from week 13, Todd Gurley, 165 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Like Gurley's is continuing to prove, as you've said, the heart and soul of this Rams offense. He is. He really is, and, and the man can do it all. Um, I don't like Todd Gurley. I mean, frankly, I, I just don't. I believe 130 of it was on, on the ground. Yeah, 130 and yards. touchdowns. 130 yards, two touchdowns. Um, just tore apart a Lions defense. That, that, and and I, I think he, and I, I'm sure you'd agree with me, he'd be higher on the list if he if he was taking on a less porous defense. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's I think what what kind of keeps him down. Huge game, one thirty two two touchdowns. I mean, you can't you can't hold a candle to the guy. He's pretty incredible. I like Todd Gurley um, as a running back. I hate him when we're facing him. Um, and but I mean, he's going to be around for a long, long time. People better get he's used to. Still him. very, very young. Got a lot of time, a lot of tread on the tires. And continuing that this at number six, despite having nine yards less than Gurley. I'm going to give credit to a guy who who had all of his yards on the ground. Oh, boy. 157 yards on the ground from this week. The Broncos, Philip Lindsay. I have Philip Lindsay in fantasy. And this guy, I got to tell you, he just flew under the radar to so many people. I went and picked him up off the waiver wire. Philip Lindsay is an undrafted guy. Yep. And he has come out and set the record for the most rush yards by an undrafted guy. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, I believe it. That's crazy. Um, John Elway has come out and flat out said, I will take, when, when they asked about Philip Lindsay, he said, I'd take 53 of him. <laughs> that's that's the way he looks Can't at it. Can't blame him. Uh, Philip Lindsay, 937 yards on the year. He wasn't even the starter going into the season. He comes out, blows the roof off the place. This guy, primarily, he's a change of pace back. But but he has suddenly taken all of the, the uh, he, he just says, I want it all. I want it all, and I want it now. Um, he, he's got 25 receptions on the year. Uh, I mean, look at the numbers here and, and kind of see how they've they've grown, especially in the last couple of weeks. He goes from 71 to 107, then in 20 against your Ravens, 69, 61, 18. And you can see the catch numbers when he doesn't put up those numbers on the ground, those catch numbers start going up. And then 18 yards against the Rams. And then in the last few weeks, it's gone 90, 95, 60, 79, 110, 157. It's mostly gone up except for a couple of, yep. couple of instances. So it's, it's skyrocketed from the first six weeks all the way until the last six weeks, the last seven weeks. And, and I'm over here going, wow, this guy is getting a bigger workload. I think the Denver Broncos have realized they've got their golden goose here. They've yep. got their guy that can, that can run the ball. They've been looking for the big runner that, that they, can, they can roll with. Uh, you, you haven't had one since Terrell Davis. Yep. You really well, uh, maybe Clinton Portis. You can say Clinton Portis. You haven't had right. one. You haven't had one since Portis. Here's the big I, guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna age us for a second. Oh boy, you're gonna hate this, but let me oh show you boy. something. So you have his stuff pulled up. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, he's born in 1994. He's three years younger than me, and what 20 years younger than you? No, you're a <laughs> dick. He's seven years younger than me. Um, this guy's great. He's a great like, runner. I, what, what does it mean to you, like seeing these 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 great players we talk about, like Philip Lindsay and Gurley and McCaffrey and all these guys 
They're younger than us. Yeah, and and you know what? They, like we missed her calling. Maybe we did, but they they can go ahead and give me money for it. I mean, they I, can, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they can go ahead and give me money. But hey, you know, I'm making all this all these dollars now. I'll throw you a couple hundred. I'd appreciate that. So here we go to the top five, and if you've done if you've done your math, there are, there is nobody left from this week. It's all week twelve. Oh God! Like that's how that's how lopsided this has been. Mm-hmm. Number five, Juju Smith Schuster from week twelve. There he is, and big ass week. He has thirteen receptions, a hundred and eighty nine yards. And a touchdown from week 12. I don't know which week you're looking at. I'm looking at a long week here. Dipshit. You need to calm down. But he has a big week against the Broncos. Um, Despite the loss, Juju is the shining star of this team here. And big week. If it's not one, it's the other. If it's not Brown, it's it's Michigan. Yep, you're right. And and that's just just how it works. They the the Broncos have a very very good defense. Um, ben Roethlisberger did a great job getting them the ball. Um, I mean, Smith Schuster he, he's a vertical threat, and that's the 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 kicker about the the uh, Steelers though is that Smith Schuster and, and Antonio Brown they are vertical threats. Um, Ryan Switzer is their their big chain mover here, and <laughs> Ryan Switzer has has. You know he's not really a chain mover. I mean, six receptions, six seven yards. Him. You know, but you haven't, you haven't, but you have because I mean, the Steelers right now they're seven three and one. I think they could use that. I mean, if they could get production out of both those guys on a weekly basis, that big. I mean, geez, oh, Pete's. I remember when when you had Carter and Moss, you at least got Carter and Moss both performing at a high level at every game, just about. Now, if you got Brown and Smith Schuster, you better go ahead and have them both performing at a high level at every game. You're right, and that's kind of where I'm at, and and the Steelers got to do that now. Kudos to Smith Schuster for getting it done. Antonio Brown, where you at, man? Get it together. Number four, I, I'm almost bummed for keeping him this low, but I mean it's kind of what it is. From week twelve, you're talking Philip Rivers. Wow, and I, I I know I, I think you can though because of the defense he took on. So he goes twenty. He goes uh twenty eight for twenty nine. Over twenty nine passes, he misses one ball. Set the record for the most passes in a row. It's completed. He phenomenal. But what keeps him this low is he only threw for two fifty nine. Mm-hmm. But he did throw for three touchdowns. Yeah. I you you can't take away. Philip Rivers had a legendary game here in, in week twelve. Yep. Record breaking against the Cardinals. Record breaking. I, I think you can keep him that low because, like I said, the the team he took on, um, he took on a very weak Arizona Cardinals team, weak defense. They wind up putting forty five up on on the Cards. <clears throat> um, Melvin Gordon got in the end zone. Austin Eckler got in the end zone on the ground there. Um, I mean, I, I I like that he's there. I think it's it's good that he's there. He needed to be. That's about the right spot though because he's because of the defense he took on. I think that's that's at yeah. the end of the day. That's the the, end game. the only move out I made was between him and who my number three is. Right, right. So I'll 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 give you the opinion, even though I think it's gonna be very biased. Oh geez. Number three is Kirky Boy, Kirk Cousins. Wow. From week twelve, mm-hmm. he had himself a, a phenomenal game, twenty nine for thirty eight, 
342 yards and three touchdowns. You know, they they always tell you, and, and one of the big things that I keep hearing in the state of Michigan anyway, and, and, and we, we've been hearing it about college football, nobody cares unless you beat your rivals. Um, the Vikings go out and they beat their rival. That's cool. They beat a an ailing Green Bay Packers team. Um, and, and I mean ailing team. Um, you know, kudos to, to Cousins for having himself a hell of a game. But Kirk Cousins has been showing over and over and over again that, that when the big game comes, he's not showing up and he's not winning his football games. And that's the problem with Kirk Cousins right now. Um, I like this game. I like the, the pick and where he's at. Great. Um, they took on a, a actually a Green Bay Packers defense that showed up. For, for a lot of this game. Um, but Kirk Cousins, at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins needs to show up when it when it matters. And and you know what? Great. You got us a win in Green Bay. Good for you. You got us 6-4-1 this past week against Patriots. He looked like butt. And and that's the problem I have. He looked like a turd on the field. No, this week, yeah. But um, here's a quick question before I go into my top two here. Did, did I place him right? Would you have put in um, – Cousins' performance over um, Rivers and on this particular yes, I would have, and and the reason it's, I would it's the extra hundred yards for me. It's not just the extra hundred yards. It's it's the the even though the Packers defense is not good, I think they're better than the Arizona defense. I I, I do. I think that they're they're better than the Arizona Cardinals defense. Um, and and I think it's the fact that it was a rivalry game. I think that that made a big deal. Um. You know, you got a you got a good win at home, and it and it was you know setting up a, a playoff. They're they're trying to fight for that wild card spot. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins came out. He fired it there. Uh, did a crap job against New England this past week. But Kirk Cousins, I, I I agree with your placement, but he needs to show up more often. Number two, week twelve. You're talking Amari Cooper. Eight receptions, a hundred and eighty yards. Two touchdowns. Coop DeVille shows up. Cooper had himself a great game there on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, the eight receptions, hundred yards. Through the roof. Now, do you think this is a matter of the Cowboys knowing how to use Amari Cooper? Now, I yes, think it is absolutely. And I, 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 as much as I hate the head coach there, I think he knows how to use a receiver like Cooper. Um, shades of our boy Des Bryant. Yes. Um, I, I think, uh, I think, um, they know how to use Cooper. Dak maybe not, but I think uh, Dak listens to what the uh, play call is, and I think the the uh, O coordinator and the head coach know how to use a receiver like Cooper better than Oakland. I think in this situation, with how you see that they're utilizing a receiver like Amari Cooper, I'm going to say it again, Dallas Cowboys should sign Calvin Benjamin. Give the man a shot. Having Benjamin and Cooper could be dangerous. It could be, and that's that's kind of what I'm looking at there. I think that's a good thing. So I, I mean, they they need I, I think having that that one two punch. It's almost like having a, a poor man's a, a poor man's uh, uh, Brown Smith Schuster situation there, and it and it could be successful. That's the thing; it could work, you know. And and you can't expect Calvin Benjamin to be successful in a situation like he like he had in Buffalo. But can Calvin Benjamin be something special over in in Dallas? I think so, and I think that Dak Prescott is a far better quarterback than a guy like Josh Allen is. I agree. So, I mean, that's that's kind of where you're at. So, number one, you, 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 you know who it is? <sighs> it's probably Tom Gurley again. No, it's it's not, shockingly. Well, wow. Here, here's a hint. My number one, we're starting 
we're finishing where we started. Mm-hmm. My number one is the same guy as number 20. You remember who it was? Oh, I don't even remember. Number one from week 12, going to the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, golly. So I'm going to I'm gonna start here. So so number one, Christian McCaffrey from week 12, 237 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. So in back-to-back weeks, you're talking a guy who has 348 yards from scrimmage in two weeks. That's pretty incredible. And three touchdowns. And three touchdowns. Yeah, he then, had one, one through the air, one rushing uh, and against then, Seattle. And, and then 111 on this past week. Yeah. Like, Chris McCaffrey's just been the – like you're talking heart and soul of teams. Yep. He's been the heart and soul of his offense. No, like, we've been we've been talking a little bit. And normally when you hear about the Carolina Panthers and the heart and soul of this team, you hear about what? Cam Newton. Yeah, you know, that's that's what we hear about all the time. Christian McCaffrey's come out. I remember Christian McCaffrey coming out of the draft. We we heard great things about him, how he was going to be one of the next big runners in this league, and uh, how he's going to be something special. And we didn't see much out of him in his first year. And then the first year was rough. I think they were coming because he was still kind of the backup in yep. a way. And and now he's he's really emerged, and and he's a huge weapon. The problem is, is Cam Newton does not have receivers over there. He needs some help. Um, and, and now Greg Olson's down. I mean, that's a, a huge factor. He goes down with an injury. That's a big up for D.J. Moore, in my opinion. Yep, and, and D.J. Moore is, has stepped up a little bit, but, but D.J. Moore has been eh. Um, you haven't really been getting a whole lot of love out of, out of these wide receivers, so they're going to have to give him something. Um, but, but Christian McCaffrey gives him, gives, he opens it, open things up in the passing game. He opens things up in the run game. It allows Cam Newton to, to do those read options that he likes to do. Um, likes to get, you know, toss the ball out of the backfield a little bit. Those dink and dunk type of plays. McCaffrey can make plays with his legs. Um, you gotta love this. You gotta love Christian McCaffrey. And, and yeah, I like this placement. This guy's been a monster for, for Carolina this year. So kudos, uh, to Christian McCaffrey. I've been saying that a lot. Kudos. Um, go for good, great job, Christian McCaffrey. Good, great job, and uh, congratulations on the number one. And and that's number one of a top twenty there. Yeah, that's that's pretty outstanding. So now we have scores predictions for week fourteen. Oh, hold up, hold up. Oh, hold up. Oh, I'm gonna pause you. I'm gonna pause you there because uh, we're gonna go ahead and go with Freytown's Forgotten Fun. Freytown's Forgetful Five. Because you love the spotlight. I, well, I also like crapping on people. Which I do, too. Yeah, I, I mean, love crapping on people. So, um, number five from this week. Um, I'm going to crap on my boys. My Minnesota Vikings offense against this Patriots team. The Patriots defense stinks. And the Vikings offense did not show up. They did not play good ball. Um, Adam Thielen had a crappy game. The only guy that showed up, really, was Dalvin Cook. Stephon Diggs did all right. Um... Kirk Cousins should be ashamed of how he played in this football game. Um, the Minnesota Vikings offense was just miserable. They only put up 10 points. Just a weak overall game. Um, couldn't get it done in the red zone. Couldn't get it done on the big plays. Uh, they couldn't protect Kirk Cousins worth the crap. Um, going down, getting sacked on on big, big third downs. Um, boo to you. Um, number four, the Arizona Cardinals secondary. Um, against that Philip Rivers, um, allowing 28 straight completions by Philip Rivers. You can't defend one. <laughs> Not one. You, you, could, you could stop at 28. Yeah, it? 28. So, so 28 passes in a row. You didn't defend one. For Christ's That's sake. Awful. For Christ's sake. Um, that was just miserable. Uh, number three goes to the Atlanta Falcons offensive line. 
Um, Matt Ryan got blasted over and over and over and over again. Um, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people... Who they play that game? Uh, this last game? Oh, golly. I, <laughs> I say, I'll give you a hint. The only reason I'm bringing it up. It's the black and purple. Oh, playing your boys. You know, it, the, the problem is, is you've got, you've got a $30 million quarterback sitting back there. And, and Matt Ryan's just getting blasted. Um... The the numbers kept rising as far as his hits and hurries. I saw the the stat show up and went wow, and uh, figured that these guys definitely need to wind up in the top ten. Poor Matt Ryan uh, getting hit. Uh, get it together, Atlanta. You're, you're, um, you're, you're talking a team who up to this point was top three in points scored. Yep. And all of a sudden they can't they can't even score they can't even move the ball more than two hundred yards. No, it was miserable. And uh, number two, the Indianapolis Colts offense minus Andrew Luck and uh, Eric Ebron. Um, they just look like hell. Um, Eric Ebron actually, he, he looked all right. He put up 84 yards. Um, but the, they put up a goose egg against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that has struggled all year long. Um, T.Y. Hilton had himself a decent game, eight receptions, 77 on the day. Andrew Luck, uh, was, was pretty, pretty darn good. Just couldn't put it in the end zone. Um, Marlon Mack went eight, eight yard carries for 27 yards. Luck had two carries for 16 yards, no rushing game. Uh, the passes they did throw, Eric Ebron was catching. T.Y. Hilton was kind of catching. Naheem Hines had had some catches, but they, they just weren't getting in the end zone, and that's a big problem. Uh, last but not least, and, and maybe it's just because we expect more of them, I think, is the New Orleans Saints offense. I see you're talking against, against Dallas. The against Dallas, yep. Uh, New Orleans looked miserable against the Dallas Cowboys this week, only putting up 10 points. Drew Brees went 18 for 28, only put up 127 yards through the air. Um, couldn't get anything going rushing-wise. Alvin Kamara only put up 36 yards on the ground. Ingram put up 27 yards on the ground. They just had nothing. There was nothing there. Um, Dak Prescott actually was uh, – Dak Prescott outdueled Drew Brees. Dak Prescott went 24 for 28 for 249 and a touchdown, no picks. So, I mean, I, and, and Brees did throw an interception in that game, um, kind of messed up his, his touchdown to interception ratio that he had going on there for a minute. Now he's got two picks on the year. Um, shame on the, uh, the New Orleans Saints for not being able to get it done. And uh, now, Tyler – Oh, now it's that time. Now it's that time for our weekly predictions. Um, I'm, I'm pretty amped up for this week. I think it's going to be a good week in football. Yeah, so I don't have the exact scores in front of us because I, I had it written down at work earlier today. Mm-hmm. But uh, you had picked up four games Yay! over the last two weeks. I'm getting it together now. So you're like, I think you're eight, seven or eight games back. That's okay. So I'll um I'll pick it up when I get to work. I know it's sitting there. Okay. But, uh, but you but you picked up four games. You're you're catching back up from that eleven game deficit. Christ Almighty! Alrighty. Well, um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for uh, last but not least our week fourteen predictions here. Um, first and foremost, Tyler Jaguars and the Titans. I'm going with the Titans on this one. That's tomorrow night. Titans, 100%. Titans, yeah, I think Titans run away with that one. This one could get a little iffy right here. Sunday, 1 o'clock, the Panthers and the Browns. You know what? I'm going with the Browns. I'm going with Cleveland. I am, too. <laughs> you have At to. home, I think I'm going Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland here. I don't think the Panthers have it. Um, this is going to also be a tough one. Um, Sunday afternoon, Ravens and Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs here. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah. I hate Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. Um... 
Here's another tough one, but I think I know where I'm going with it. Colts and Texans. I'm going with the Texans. Texans. Yep, I'm going with the Texans on that one. Um, Patriots and Dolphins. I'm going to go ahead and say Patriots all day. <laughs> you want me to say the other one, but I'm, I'm going Patriots. Yeah, I wish you would say the other one. Uh, next up, here's one that where, where stuff gets a little interesting. It's kind of a toilet bowl now. Giants and Redskins. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Giants. Giants. Yeah, I'm going with the you Giants. Know, actually, come on. This is no brainer. They have no, they, uh, they're on the third string quarterback. You never know with the Giants these days. I mean, it, it, it'd be awful. It's, it's, they just, they're off. And you know the Giants like to mess up a wet dream. Um, Saints and Bucks. I'm going Saints on this one. I think Saints all the way. Saints are going to rebound this week. Um, here's another toilet bowl game. Falcons and Packers. I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going. <laughs> you, kind of, you kind of took it from under me. I'm, I'm taking the Falcons as well. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you you go ahead and take the Falcons. I'll go ahead and take the Packers in this one. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot in the dark. Um, here's another toilet bowl game. The Jets and the Bills. Bills. Um, I'm going to go with the Jets. I think the Jets will, will have themselves a, a little rebound game here. Um, here's one that's going down the toilet. Chargers and Bengals. I'm going to the Chargers. Oh, come on. You you want me to just stop, take the other one here, but you know I'm not. I mean, yeah, I, I want no to. Dalton, no AJ. I mean, come on, come on. This is going to be a four score possession. You don't like Jeff Driscoll? Chargers. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we got the Broncos and the Niners. I'm going with the Broncos. Broncos Niners. Um, mm-hmm. you you got uh um uh, Sanders now out. I'm going to take the Niners. Wow, there you go. Um. Coming up next, we've got the uh, Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the boys here. Uh, who's home here? Boys. I'm taking boys. Ah. And uh, up next, Steelers and the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Over the Raiders? Yes, sir. Yeah, Steelers. Yeah. Um, Next up, we got the Lions and the Cardinals. I'm going with the lie downs here. I think the Lions finally break that that losing mentality. Oh, I love you guys. I went with the Lions. I'm going to the Cardinals. Ooh, go with the Cardinals on that one. Um, next up, you got the Rams. This is a good game right here. The Rams and the Bears. This is a good game. This is kind of your, this is, this this is, is your game of the week. Uh, not kind of. This is definitely your this game of the game. week. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, my continued... Super Bowl support yeah, I'm, here. I'm going Rams. Like I can't. I, I I've gone this far. I'm gonna go there all the way. Rams winning out. Yeah, I'm going to Rams. And uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football. Um, kind of a NFC wild card shot right here. The Vikings and the Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks. What? I'm going with the Seahawks. Really? The Vikings are. I think the Vikings are dropping out of the playoffs. I'm going your Vikings. Wow. Oh, I, I I don't have a lot of faith in old, old Kirk Cousins right now. He's not playing good ball. No, I have faith in Kirk Cousins. I don't have faith in the defense. It's not even the defense. I don't have faith in that that offensive line. And, and that's fair. I don't have faith in the offensive line, and it's causing Cousins to make bad decisions. I'm, I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the Seahawks on this one. So, and uh, with that, Tyler. We have uh, hit our uh, our end here. That's it, really? Yeah. Wow. It was a long episode, but we got it done. We got it done. That's okay. Um, so, uh, episode 21 in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Uh, big Are thing. we going to record next week? 
Yes, we are. Big thanks to our sponsor at uh, It's Your Thai Massage. Check them out, iytmassage.com. Also, check out It's Your Thai Massage on Facebook. Um, Amanda is a wonderful massage therapist, and uh, she works out of home, either in our home or your home. So um, she's fantastic. Um, to all of you out there in listener land, thank you so much for listening. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this too because uh, – Despite the change in, in production here, um, we, we wouldn't be where we are at this point without Jordan Scavone. Um, thank you so much for all your support. Um, you have your two great books, uh, The Mud Princess, and and, uh, and that's your latest one. So thank you so much for everything so far. Um, obviously, Scott's taking over at this point. But um, we, we couldn't be where we are without you. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to continue with what we have and. And we're at episode 21, and hopefully here's a two, a thousand more. A thousand. A thousand. That's a big one. A thousand episodes. That Wait. means that means we're going to be going for, for, what, 20 years? That's what your expectation is? Is that a problem? No, it's not a problem. We're a 20-year podcast. Fuck it. 5,000. Yeah, I'll be an old man. 5,000 episodes coming up. Welcome to the outside, Blitz. <laughs> But anywho, uh, well, I'll still be here, but Scott might be dead. Yeah, I'm an old man. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Outside Blitz. And uh, for Tyler and myself, uh, we will see you next week right here on uh, Top. Right, Tyler? I'm not going to do it. Okay, right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at the outside blitz at gmail.com.